0: Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast, a show that looks at how our passions impact lives and drive career choices. I'm Andy Gray, a former national and world champion kickboxer. During my shows, I'll be talking with athletes, coaches, fans and more as I delve into their world to find out what inspired them on their journey. Welcome to Hobby of a Lifestyle this week i'm joined by a phenomenal guest i genuinely tried to write down an introduction but struggled because this guy has just achieved so much already and been through so much he's the holder of three world records and he's currently gearing up to take on america's largest triathlon let's find out the whole story of justin true good evening justin welcome to hobby of a lifestyle how are you today i'm doing great how about yourself I'm really good, thank you very much. I'm really good. Uh, I know I kind of just do the introduction there don't I and people don't realize we've been talking for five minutes before we started. Yeah. <laughs> we just start laughing right off the bat. yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah wow, that was a natural conversation uh, yeah. so Justin, if you just want to tell listeners what what might you be best known for if we were to find uh, you on social media or someone was to describe who Justin is, what are you best known for?
1: I would say just doing anything out of the ordinary. Um, a while back I used to fight, I've, I've, I fought for about 10 years, like doing MMA cage fighting and whatnot. And I wouldn't say too known for that. I think in my hometown, I kind of am. Um, but as far as I guess the worldwide web goes, um, I just am more somebody who just likes to do something that people say can't be done. And, uh, the crazier it is, the more jacked up I get about it. So yeah, I, I just like pushing the limits, you know, like redefining what's possible.
0: No, I love that. And I think that's kind of how we come to get in touch with each other over social media. I'd spoke to Chaz Powell on an earlier episode and you had seen yep. the post and liked it. And then I, you know, to and fro between the messages there and I just seen what you had done. I was just like, okay, Justin, let's see, let's see, let's get you on the podcast as well and learn about your journey and share that. So Justin, you're talking about MMA and all these crazy adventures. But if we go back to the beginning, when you were a child, what were you into?
1: Uh basketball. Okay. Really Just I was all about basketball growing up. That was like my dream. I would I would like I'd write stories on my computer, like, you know, fiction stories about yeah. being professional. And that was all I like you know, just eat, slept, and dreamt basketball. And then uh yeah, I don't, I don't know where it turned. Um <laughs> I got, I got well, First off, I I couldn't ever make grades in school. I I would say I'm a smart person now, but didn't jump through the hoops that you're supposed to jump through in school. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I just wouldn't. And um, so when it came to like, oh, you have to make grades in order to play a sport in your school, I just could never do it. Oh,
0: really? And were you a talented basketball player?
1: I think I was. I think I was definitely the best in the school and the best in like the, like this the the town right. so i think you know we we played with some people who uh went on to play in like college kind of like division one wow. and i feel like i i mean I, I don't know i feel like i could beat them
0: yeah,
1: and yeah. so i see them and i'm like dang it man like <laughs> had i been more disciplined in school i could have done something with yeah, it yeah. but the time i look at myself now and how i'm built i'm like i never would have made it very far <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like i'm six four so wow. it's Decently tall for like a normal person, yeah. but when it comes to tall, like you're small, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I four, have the I'm...
0: spite, I have the spite of my hair up just to get the 5'11. So I'm, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, man. Ge- so, yeah. Okay. So, basketball was all you want. Whereabouts in America did you grow up?
1: uh California, like just above San Francisco.
0: Very nice. Very yeah. nice. So basketball were playing, was yeah. all you were interested in. so if you weren't allowed to play it at school, how did how did you go about playing that? If you were making the grades to play for the team, or were you just playing recreationally or for a local team?
1: So before you got into like uh, high school, you didn't really have to make grades. Okay, you could just you could just play, and then once it started to get more serious, and you got into high school, yeah, yeah. Uh, you had to make grades for it. And so even then, I still played quite a bit. I would I would try out for the teams. I would make the teams, but came time for like the grade cut and you yeah, have yeah. the coach your report card he'd be like nah man you're out <laughs> <laughs> like, all right uh, man like, i'm gonna go smoke more weed like that's, that's all i did yeah, isn't I, all you did you know, really like that's it's just what high school kids do like there was right. definitely i just really had no discipline back then i had no no guidance no discipline yeah, yeah and so when it came to that route like i was always different from the basketball crowd the sport yeah, crowd yeah. Where, they were all dedicated. They were all, you know, doing their studies X, Y, and Z. And I was the only kind of, I guess, like stoner basketball player where right. I was just always just the weed and I'd show up to the basketball high. And that was about it. Um, <laughs> so I, I definitely didn't have the structure yeah. and now, now I do, I think that was a big thing in my life that I really had to get a hold of was structure and discipline, which I just never had.
0: Yeah. yeah. So what did you do after high school then? What was it? Because obviously, I mean, did you go to college? I mean, I I assume when you're when you're young, it was I'm going to go and play college D one basketball, whatever it is, and then all of a sudden you're not making the grades in high school. That I suppose that dreams kind of realized very quickly. It's not going to happen that way.
1: Yeah, I would say. uh, So for because like I know I get confused with like uh, with the UK's like school system. Oh yeah. For us, um, high school is like four years: uh, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior. And so you're about 15 or 16 in freshman year and you get out about 18, 19. And, um, so yeah, basically the whole, like, that's where there's a huge curveball of like, I just didn't like finish school and go to college or, um, I would say that's probably where my life gets pretty interesting. Like my sophomore year when I was 16, um, life got like pretty dark. Um, I guess it started getting dark in like seventh or eighth grade, um, Freshman year is ninth grade, so about when I was like fourteen, life started like kind of hitting a you know a rough patch. Um, okay, in, in the U.S., they went we went through like a like a housing shortage or like an economy the economy busted. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, a lot of people lost their houses, and my family was one of them. Where we weren't like wealthy, but yeah, yeah. we a good amount of money to where anything we wanted, like our parents would get for us. You know, right. like they would eat whatever they could to make us happy. Yeah. And uh, my was three years older than me so um yeah we were we we're always pretty happy kids growing up um me and my brother were extremely violent like he was violent towards me right like When people, are like, oh like brothers fight like yeah no people would be like dude you and your brother are scary like we would grab knives and oh, like wow. he would just hold a knife to my back for like three or four hours <laughs> and i don't know why he would just do it really? it was something wow. in his head like i, I he's a psychopath like he's a great guy. I love him, but hundred percent certified psychopath. Like like we can get into that, but it's registered. It's like, and, uh, I think it was just in his head of my dad was such a bad person to him right. that he needed to control somebody and manipulate somebody the way my dad manipulated him. Okay. And I was, that. Wow. and so, uh, yeah, it was kind of that battle where we were a big happy family outside mm-hmm. or Outside, but on the inside, it was like it was a war zone. Okay. Uh, yeah. So basically, man, there so many avenues to go down with it, but uh, do you want, yeah, we lost our house and uh, my mom and dad kind of were like splitting up at that point. And right. my grandma lived in Oregon, and where I'm at right now is in Oregon. And uh, right. we moved up to Oregon about 14 years old, and that's when my parents divorced, and it was a pretty like aggressive divorce um as i think most are probably yeah, yeah. and uh, it was just a rough time losing your house going bankrupt and then you know having to move back in with uh, my grandma and everything and uh yeah things went kind of like downhill and i was i was yeah, just yeah. an kid, like at 14 15 all that's going wrong yeah. at the time i didn't know i was like man why's everybody so bent out of shape about divorce? parents like who cares yeah. now i look back i'm like that's why i was so angry yeah. um you know basically uh, moved up to Oregon. Parents got divorced. Uh, what happened? Um, my dad was, my dad went back down to California and my mom stayed up here. My brother kind of just hopped trains across the country, just right. like, uh, like cargo trains. He was about 16 and wow. he was like heavy into drugs, like doing heroin all the time. And oh, wow. 15 years old. He, he dove yeah, straight wow. in. Into- <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. He's been hard stuff straight away, hasn't he?
1: yeah, he's a guy. Oh man. I have a, uh, I, I could send it to you after this. Uh, I he sent me a message of just like, I still learn about him all the time because, you know, we did have that aggressive relationship growing up. We didn't have any heart to hearts or share any good moments together. Yeah, it was yeah. just violence and trying to kill each other every day. <laughs> um, like he would lock me in the dog kennel. We had a big dog kennel and, um, and just like torch me. Like oh, wow. he would take would take like a spray can and a lighter and just like try to set me on fire oh my goodness <laughs> that, wow
0: you know, i mean it was, i know yeah. i know you came to laugh and reminiscing but wow it's i yeah. can't, can't begin to imagine
1: yeah no, it was funny i told the i told a girlfriend that one time and she was like that's really bad like you should talk to somebody i'm like what do you mean isn't that just what brothers do and she's like no that's <laughs> really bad yeah, I was what like, what brothers <laughs> do i was like Oh shoot! Okay, maybe it's a little far.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I smile
1: about it now because like I love the guy to death. Yeah, um, yeah. I know I could beat him up now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I can take you now,
1: and he knows it too. Yeah, um, yeah. So basically, yeah, man, there's no, there's no reason not to smile about it now. It is what it is. It's yeah. who I am today. Yeah, uh, if I didn't accept it, I wouldn't be happy. But um, yeah, so he kind of at that point, sixteen, and I was fourteen. We didn't really ever see each other too much. Um, all I knew is that he was always like doing drugs and kind of yeah. overdosing, wow. but, uh, I have a, a recording on my phone that he sent me a text of, or like a voice message of about all the stuff he's done and been declared dead, like for 10 minutes and uh-huh. a doctor death certificate, but he was still alive. And the doctor is like, it's nuts. And I'm yeah. like, dude, you should read a book. Like you yeah, need to yeah. tell your story because it's honestly like, you're like Superman, you've yeah. overdosed maybe 12, 15 times. Wow. And so anyways, Basically, uh, my mom started seeing this guy in Oregon and, uh, like this all plays into high school and college, but yeah. my mom started this guy in Oregon and, uh, my dad was living in California and I just hated Oregon so much. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have anybody like was close to me and I was, I just want my friends back. I was a kid. I want my friends back. Yeah, I so curious. I went and lived with my dad who, my dad was extremely abusive physically and verbally, emotionally, everything, just a bad guy, yeah, yeah. really manipulative. Um, I haven't seen him in probably 10 or 12 years now. I'm 29. Um, so yeah, he, um, I just was like, you know what, I'll, I'll suck it up. I don't care if I have to live with him. I mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be with my friend. So I'm, him and I lived in a trailer down in California, like a trailer park. Right. Um, uh, and my mom lived up in Oregon with my grandma dating, uh, this one guy and my dad became really good friends with this guy. Um, right. I, I don't know how why. he's just, he had his ways. Um, he yeah. became really good friends with this guy and I kind of knew it. And I was like, I had to kind of keep an eye on it to see what, why, what was his, what was his angle?
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. And long story short with it, he kind of, convince this guy to attack my mom uh my mom ended up breaking up with him because she realized that he started getting close to my dad he's like she's like hey it's too weird for me like out of this so she breaks up with him and she's at work and uh yeah um i think i was i was 16 i remember exactly where i was uh i'm I'm fine at telling this story but like now it's kind of getting to me Uh, i've been spending a lot with my mom lately while i've been here and uh yeah uh this guy goes into the store after they've broken up and stabs her like about seven seven times, like uh, in the stomach, in the back, oh in the neck, goodness. and uh, yeah, I uh, like I said, my brother and I were never were never friends or anything. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so my brother and I were never friends or anything, and basically at that moment, um, hey pup, um, yeah, <laughs> the dog came in the room, got distracted.
0: Not a problem. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: um so yeah uh basically um where was i at yeah,
0: yeah so stabbed, yeah.
1: yeah so so my, my brother called me and i was at like my other family's house this other family kind of took me in right and i lived with them for a while uh because me and my dad just had a really bad relationship yeah, yeah. and so i went in and out of living with their house And my dad kicked me out of the house like there's times that are out of the trailer i had to sleep outside a couple nights because I was too embarrassed to tell anybody that like, yeah, Hey, I have nowhere to stay. Like, can I, can I sleep over? Like I would sneak into friends' backyards and sleep yeah. in their pool. Sheds. And wow. it's like a plastic shed. It's not like a yeah, nice yeah. pool shed. <laughs> it's not California, like yeah, LA yeah. pool. And, uh, yeah, I would sleep on people's like back decks and just get up in the morning before anybody woke up and, oh, you know, but this family every now and then I'd kind of crash at their house. And, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, my brother, my brother called me. And I was like, Oh, okay. He never calls me, whatever. I just won't pick up. And he left me a voicemail and the mom was driving me home back to my dad's. And, uh, I like, I listened to the voice message and the phone just like flew out of my hand and like, basically like he, I I've never heard him cry. Like yeah. he never cries and yeah, yeah. one not in touch. And, um, yeah, that was the last time I've ever missed a phone call from anybody in my family, uh, oh, wow. it goes on to the next part is actually just like, man, I gotta stop missing phone calls. Um, yeah, yeah basically he tells me like, she's been stabbed. And, uh, I like jumped out of the car as it was moving. I jumped out of the car. I was on the ground, like just like screaming at like yeah, the sky. And, uh Yeah. They couldn't take me back to my dad's house or dad's trailer because they just, you know, they knew I was angry at him. I would, yeah, I would have, yeah. you know, um, so next day I go up to California or I go up to Oregon and my brother picks me up at the airport and like, we hug and like, Oh, I love you. I love you. And literally that was the first time we've ever, ever said that in our lives. Yeah. Ever since then, been we've been good. We've been best friends. Uh, oh, and that was just a big, you know, it's sad that it had to come to that point, but yeah, now yeah. like, you know, I'm still learning about him and everything yeah, he's yeah. done and you know, back then and everything he did.
0: Yeah.
1: But, uh, from that point on, I just, uh, became a really like closed off, hardened person. Uh, I yeah. went to the hospital. They were, I, uh, I go in and, um, and the doctors, you know, were kind of like, Hey, uh, you can go in and see your mom, but you can't cry. If you cry, she'll cry and she'll die. And like, I, I'll never forget that. Cause like I'm yeah. you know, 16 years old and you yeah. just told, you just told a kid that he can't cry. If he does, his mom will die. And I'm like, yeah. and I go in there and she's hooked up to all these ventilators and she has like 20 blankets wrapped around her trying to keep her warm. Cause she's lost yeah. so much blood. And uh, she was about like 120 pounds, maybe, and so now she's down to about 100. So probably lost about, I guess you could say, like 10, 15 kilos of blood. Yeah, yeah. That's right, but something like that. Yeah. Uh, and her jugular was hanging off by like millimeters. And if you if you sever your jugular, you're dead. You can't yeah, sew yeah, that back. Of if it's just hanging on, you can you can get it. And uh, yeah, it was pretty close to it. Um, and at that point, I I went and saw her and just could not cry and yeah, yeah. for ten years I never cried. No matter what wow. happened, I sucked it up and you know, just bit down and was like, Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like and after that I just became angry. I didn't notice I was so angry yeah. uh for years. Um went back to school, uh got expelled like three weeks later right, because yeah. of course I was just
0: angry. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I guess yeah,
1: like, I, I just wasn't ever thinking clear. Um, I broke into the school. We found like keys to the school, the master key right. and it was all game. Like yeah. we were just games like yeah. playing pranks on like the janitors yeah, and stuff, but we were having fun, but I just wasn't thinking clear and, yeah. uh, got expelled and then realized like, shoot, man, like I'm going down the same path. My brother did like yeah. I'm getting expelled. I'm, you know, starting to do a little more drugs. Like yeah. I, I can't put my mom through this. Like she's, she's starting to recover. I know my brother is still down this path yeah, yeah. and about a week or two after, uh, she was in the hospital. Um, I was laying there one night I was, I was, uh, I was laying there and all of a sudden I got a phone call from a mom at like 10 at night and I was like, did she call me for? I'm like, no, I'm going back to bed. Right. I like, I rolled over and I was like, wait, no, I remember the last yeah, time, yeah. last time, the phone call, something bad happened. Yeah, I yeah. rolled over and I picked it up and I'm like, Hey, what's up? She, and she's like, well, basically my brother overdosed again and i was like and he was in the same town i was in i was back down in california okay and uh basically i was you know 16 still yeah yeah. no car um i just ran about like five miles to get to the hospital um middle of the night you know 10 11 at night ran to the hospital um and basically just had to sit by him now, like two weeks ago, yeah, yeah, I was in know. the hospital sitting with, sitting with my mom and now I'm sitting yeah. with my brother and his eyes are like rolled in the back of his head and wow. he looked pale and dead. And the doctors are kind of like, yeah, we don't know if he's going to make it. And oh. I'm like, all right, man. I'm like, I can't do this. Uh, basically like I have, I have two ways I can go. I can either, you know, it's, it's so just, everybody has this choice in life. You yeah, can either, is. when I'm home, you can either go left and you can, Kind of go down the route of the easy route of doing drugs and doing alcohol and just I don't know, just bad for yourself. Yeah, or trying you,
0: just trying to blur it out and just yeah, I yeah yeah,
1: and not deal with it. Or you can go right and you can make something of yourself and yeah. change changes the narrative, you know. Definitely, and yeah. at sixteen, I realized like I, I have to do that. Like my family doesn't have a man of the house. Like yeah, yeah. my dad obviously isn't one. Uh yeah. my brother, my brother who knows that guy is, he's yeah, off in yeah. another planet. Yeah. And like I, I have to be it. And so from that point on, um, you know, I was out of school, um, I got my GED, I tried going to the military and they wouldn't take me. Right. Um so I went to college because they're like, Well, you have to, you know, have this many credits. Yeah, yeah. And I think at that point, like I said before, I couldn't get into sc- I couldn't get into basketball. Yeah, of So everybody thought I was stupid. Yeah. And I just hated being called stupid because I knew I wasn't. Yeah. And uh, basically I Googled what's the hardest degree you can get. Right. And I just, and I think this point was like where I started wanting to like, just shut everybody up and like prove yeah. everybody wrong. And basically uh, besides being a surgeon, I wasn't going to yeah. go to school for 30 years. Yeah. Uh, like engineer was the next one. Right. Like it was like top two or three surgeon, doctor, engineer. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm, like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be an engineer. Uh, not because I wanted to, I didn't like yeah. math. Um, yeah. I just wanted to prove everybody wrong. I wanted yeah. to be something that nobody thought I could be. And I needed to, I don't know. I just, I just had to do something big. And, uh, I started going to school. Um, I worked about three jobs while I was out there. I was, you know, making pizzas, yeah, yeah. um, I was doing security for a while. Cause now like, as time has gone on, I'm about like, you know, 2021. 20, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, when I was in school, I was making details. I was working on farms. By the time I turned 21, I added doing security to the list. So I was working all nights. And wow. I don't think for about six years, man. I just I just worked because I wanted to support my family. Like my mom was still recovering. Yeah. Um, my brother's non-existent. My dad was yeah. never there. So so like, are you
0: still I, in California at this point? Or have you moved to Oregon to be with your mom now?
1: Uh, let's see. I, I moved to Oregon. I was going to school okay. in Oregon. Okay. I'd hop back and forth, like probably every six months. Cause I yeah, couldn't yeah. decide. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, I was lost. I just moved back and forth, but about the time I was 17 or I think 18, I finally decided to settle down in California and go to school. It was 18. Yeah. Right.
0: Uh,
1: so I was doing plumbing in like San Francisco when I was 17 okay. and then 18 I decided to go to school and, uh, kind of go down that path. And, yeah. Yeah, um, for about the next you know, five, six years, I just never slept. I just wow. worked, worked, worked. Um, I think that's where like the mental health issues derived from. I just yeah. I closed, like I said, I just balled everything up and put it in the back of my mind yeah. and was like, I have to be the man of the family for once and, you know, support my family. My mom needs my mom needs my help. Um hopefully my brother, you know, yeah, snaps. But there's a good possibility he'll die soon, and then now yeah. I have to like be that shoulder for mom to lean on again. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I can't put her through that with me going down that route. I don't yeah. want to go down the same route as him because now she has to deal with two shithead sons. I was like, there's one's enough, man. Yeah, yeah. And I just needed to be that father of the house, the man of the household, and uh, it, I balled up all those emotions for years and years and years. Never slept. Um, I was always thinking and sleep is just so critical um yeah. i didn't realize that the voices in my head weren't for me being crazy it was just cuz i never slept yeah yeah um finally those voices finally once i could relax i think my mom got better my brother got better and he moved town and well he got better in a sense um, yeah, yeah.
0: He, well i mean yeah, yeah he, he's come out the yeah, other he, end he, now and
1: yeah he he tricked he tricked most of us for a couple of years that he was he was done right but, uh, basically like I got to the point where I could relax, but still I was working jobs. I was fighting and I was going to school and fighting was taking eight hours a day in itself. And yeah. so it would be school in the morning, train, work and then work at night. And then, yeah. you know, during the end during the weekend it would be like working on a farm. Yeah, And so you'll just know light up, but now I could finally, I could finally breathe a bit is what yeah. it was. I could even realize what had just happened over the last, like, you know, five, six years. Yeah. And, uh, at that point, it just kind of consumed me. I realized all the emotions I had balled up are are coming back. Now I have to deal with them. We can't just do that. We can't just ball up our emotions and think that we're done, you know, and that we don't have anything to deal with. Um, we actually have to, you know, we have to deal with our demons kind of can't just ball them up. And, you know, they're, they're not there. So yeah, they just kind of consume me. And, uh, I just, tried to kill myself at that point. And it's a weird way to say it. I just, I just couldn't handle it anymore. Um, yeah. i had kind of thoughts when I was growing up and i was just kind of sad, yeah. but this was like a whole nother. you know, everything, just what's going wrong in my life. Like all this stuff, why did this happen? Um, I'm so sick. I'm just tired. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I just hadn't slept. I'm just tired. And I want to be done with this. I didn't ask for this life. I didn't ask to be born. Um, yeah. I just hated it. I hated every bit about, you know, life isn't fun. Nothing Mm. about this is fun. And if I'm 21 years right now, why do I want to do this for another 40, 50 years? Like I don't see the point. Mm. And so, yeah, I just, you know, one night tried taking my life, tried just, you know, taking as many pills as I could in the, in the hallway cabinet. And, um, I got really sick. i never told anybody about it. I got really sick and was throwing up all night. and yeah, yeah. felt like death, but didn't work. And then, uh, you know, and my family's never had guns or anything and
0: yeah, yeah. I've never
1: known how to tie a rope. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I could Google it, but yeah, you know, uh, and so, you know, later that week I just tried it again. Like I'm okay. like, all right, maybe right, I'll double it. I'll take yeah, yeah. more. And uh I don't know. I guess you can see that like obviously my mom is like some superhuman that doesn't die. Like who gets stabbed seven times and doesn't die. My brother's countless times and doesn't die. I'm like, I should have been smarter to realize that you know, a couple pills aren't gonna kill me. Like, you know, like there's like there's some super gene in our family that doesn't kill people. Um so yeah, it's just uh I don't know at that point nothing really clicked where I'm like you know maybe maybe the, like there's a reason why this isn't working yeah yeah um i just i went through another dark time where right after that like those two failed attempts was what they were i ended up meeting this girl um we got pretty serious was going to propose uh one day and she broke up with me the day before oh really and i was like damn it dude yeah, everything's yeah. going wrong so like, all right you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna buy a ticket one-way ticket across the world the furthest place i can find was bali and i didn't know bali was like this magical place yeah. for like honeymooners and romantic yeah, i just really. saw it. it was literally the furthest place yeah, yeah. i wanted to get away i wanted to disappear i mean in the, in a sense it's kind of just what killing yourself is like yeah. you want to disappear i don't want this whole life that i'm in right now i don't want to be a part of it anymore i want if I can't restart, then I just want to quit. And if I can't quit then I want to restart, I'm going to go away. I booked, I, I completely booked out my credit card. I was, you know, I had a $700 limit and I booked a one-way ticket to Bali and was like, I'm not coming back. Like I'm there and uh, just starting a new life. (laughs) And I was the first time I'd ever traveled. So it was experience and that just re like, I don't want to say like, oh, I found myself like every when they travel, but like yeah, yeah. it just ignited my passion for life. And like, man, I need to be happy again. Like yeah. I met some people that completely, there's about a group of seven people that I still talk to today wow. that just completely changed my life. Their, their love that they gave me and showed me and just that friendship and just that bond we shared immediately showed me like life is fun. Like if, yeah. if you give it a chance, life can be fun. It's not all the um, we go, we all go through dark times. We all get dealt bad hands, but like, just cause we have that bad hand, we can just, you know, immediately fold and give in. Yeah. Eventually my day was going to come as long as I kept toughing it out and, you know, grinding through those tough times, I was going to have my time where I was happy. Yeah. And that was Bali. I found out like, you know, maybe traveling might be my thing who knows, yeah, yeah. but just, I realized that. I can be happy that it is possible that life can be good. At first, it was like life was always shit. My brother was trying to kill me every single day. Yeah, um, yeah. Sounds if, like it. I, I would I would call the police and try to get help. And my dad was so close with the police that they would just oh, show baby. up at the house and have a gun. and I'd be like, is nobody gonna help me? Yeah, yeah. So I like one one storm to the next, and I'm like, man, where is my break? Life yeah. isn't fun. There's no sits fun. Um and so that kind of just reunited the purpose.
0: Yeah, I work with alternative provision, and I have done for the last sort of fifteen years. And you often find that some of the hardest to reach young people, as as they're called, hardest to reach, uh, want attention because they don't get it. So any attention is yeah. good attention, and actually, it's just kind of putting an arm around someone and saying, "Look, we actually do believe in you. We know you've Man. got talent. Let's let's find it."
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, yeah.
0: everyone's I believe everyone's got the same tools. We just learn to use them differently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that family that took me in, I remember um I just want, like you said, I just want attention. I want yeah, somebody yeah. to tell me they love me. And yeah. I didn't have that. Um I remember I sent a text to all of my friends and you know, I was like, Hey, I can understand if you guys don't want to be friends with me anymore. Um, it's gonna be hard losing a friend, but like I'm gonna kill myself. I just want to let you guys know that like if you want to punch with me. You can, if you guys don't want to say bye to me, then don't. Yeah, yeah. And I knew one place that I stopped was like this house that took me in. Um, I stopped there first to see the mom because the mom was like my best friend. I've always yeah, yeah, yeah. just gravitated towards women and moms. And uh, she, I, there was a reason subconsciously why I stopped there first because I knew she wouldn't let me go. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I stopped by I was like, Hey, um, I'm out. I'm going to kill myself. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, and I knew I stopped by there for a reason. I wanted her to just fuck, like, just slap me and just be yeah, like, yeah. Hey, I love you. Like yeah, you yeah. need to love yourself. And, uh, this weekend I was, I was doing like kind of a big running challenge this weekend. And, uh, one of the guys who came by and was running with me, he's just such a positive light and and energy. And I was talking to him and just the same conversation came up about people yeah. need to Like somewhere in your life, you've had somebody that has told you it's not okay to cry. That's told you it's not okay to love yourself. And if you do, you're full of yourself. And, you know, you need somebody to tell you, like, hey, it's all right to love yourself. And I almost started crying right there because I'm like, dude, that was literally that time in my life when things were so wrong that this this mom just is like, hey, I love you. Love yourself. Like you are a great person. And I just needed to unravel that hard shell that I had built yeah. around forever because I felt I needed to be that shoulder. And maybe yeah. I did at the time. Yeah. I had to be, but now, now it's okay. It's okay to open up. And, um, I've realized that opening up, I've been able to help a lot of people who are in that same, same world. Uh, there was a kid who we were training with like, uh, you know, for, 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 for fighting and yeah. he, you know, I was 21, 22, 23, as I was going through training and he was about 14, 15, 16 same age I was yeah, yeah. and it was so cool um i mean i say this in a weird way but it was so cool because he was so he was so depressed and yeah. he was always talking about killing himself and i'm like dude listen you might like you look up to me cuz he looks up to me and he's like man you're such a badass like you're you know i was i was winning championship fights like i had yeah. titles in state and he's uh-huh. like, dude, you are so cool. Like, I'm like, listen, man, you think I'm cool. Cause I travel because yeah. I fight and this and that, but look, I was you Yeah, yeah. like, look where I'm at now. And you think I have a really cool life, but if you do what you're going to do, you're never going to get to where you think I'm yeah. at, where I'm cool. Yeah. Like if you don't do this and you believe in yourself and just be tough, man, be tough through this time yeah. and realize that your day is going to come, you're going to be where where. I'm, where i'm at where you yeah. think is cool but you're going to be there and yeah. you know what you're gonna do is you're gonna realize all the stuff that you went through now that you're 22 and you're where i'm at you're gonna meet a 15 16 year old wants to do the same thing and you're gonna be like dude justin was right yeah i i'm the new was, justin yeah and he's like justin yeah. was right i'm like i know every adult has probably told you like hey man it's selfish you know Listen, I know it's not selfish. I know exactly where you're coming from. And there's probably an adult out there that goes, you know, um, hey, man, I've been in your position before too. Yeah. And you just go, no, you haven't. Yeah. yeah. Because the adults just lying to you. I'm like, listen, man, I will tell you everything you're thinking right now. Yeah. Wrong. And he's like, no, man, it's pretty spot on. I'm like, I know yeah. because I'm not lying to you. I've been there. I've tried it and it doesn't, it doesn't help. Yeah. And now seeing him grow older, watching him grow older, I mean, that was, Oh, I don't know, maybe like if I'm twenty nine now, like seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. And him grow older and be like, hey man, remember about remember about seven years ago when yeah. you wanted to like bite that bullet and he's like, Yeah, man, I was stupid. Like, right. I don't know why. Like, I'm like, exactly, man. Now's your time to repay that favor and help someone else.
0: Yeah, and I think it's quite an important thing you're saying that because I'm a massive believer that all children should have a hobby. No, I don't. I don't don't mind if that's tiddly winks. I don't mind if it's knitting. It doesn't matter what the yeah. hobby is. But I think when you get a hobby, you then gravitate and you meet people who've got similar interests, and it yeah, it can yes. one help you. It can help you with focus. Can give you people to talk to. But it can also stop you from going down that path where you get bored and you start doing your drugs and you start doing the, yeah. all all the other silly things that can come along with that as well. And I just think by having a hobby and having an outlet to build to either vent to just hit some pads and release that energy that you need to release, yeah. have people to talk to. I think it's. Yeah. I actually think it's, it's it should be compulsory in all children have a have a hobby. I think kids should try everything until they find something that they love doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, that's why I love when parents like throw their kids into a million sports,
0: yeah. like,
1: you know, let them find what they, what they can yeah. grab on, you know, yeah. uh, you know, I guess there's a the thought of like, you can just wait till your kid finds interest in yeah, something. Yeah. I'm like, no man, throw yeah. them into the deep end of like, yeah, 100%. you know, finding, finding something, great. you know, show, show them the world and let yeah. them grab onto what they want.
0: You 100%. Know? I'm not always the biggest believer that opportunity knocks are something things that sometimes you have to go knock on the door and create opportunity. So I I agree, throw your kids into it's, everything and let them find something that they, they're interested in. Even if it take a couple of years, keep throwing them into stuff till they find it. And eventually they'll find something they enjoy doing. Yeah. So yeah. I am 100% behind that.
1: Yeah. Like I wish my parents would have, would have done that more. We didn't, they didn't really pay to play too big of a part in yeah. my In my kind of growing up as far as hobbies and stuff. They were just, you know, dad, my dad was my dad, didn't care much about us. Um, my mom, she did, but you know, my mom was my mom was cool, man. She was like the ride or die. Right. Right. She kept she kept my brother out of jail so many times. Uh, for you know, obviously I could say stuff, but it incriminated him. But um, like like me too. Like there was one time in particular when I got kicked out of school. Um, I remember I was in uh i was in the i was in the office the principal's office with the police and i had i had texted my mom and i just said hey if anybody calls you say i was sleeping and right. she she didn't ask a single question yeah, yeah all of a sudden all of a sudden the police asked all right so if we call your mom is she is she gonna say that you were in bed all night i'm like probably call her <laughs> and <laughs> they put her on speakerphone and and they're like hey cheryl um So, you know, we're just trying to call and find out where your son was the other night. And she's like, he was in bed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I started laughing.
1: I started laughing so hard. I was like,
0: yes.
1: (laughs) And and they hated it. They were like, we we know you're lying. We know you're lying we can't tell her that she's lying, but we know yeah, you're yeah. lying. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yes, mom. And so, yeah, basically <laughs> I, caught it. I caught it anyways, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was just one of those things where she was, she protected us through thick and thin yeah, everything. Yeah. It was, she tried protecting us and saving us, keeping us from any dark times that like yeah. when things got bad for her, it's like, I like, I'm just, I just have to repay the favor. And, yeah. um, her thing grown, uh, she always loved koalas. Her thing right. was like koalas. She was a nut. She was like crazy cat ladies, you know, but koalas, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she had like, she had like 50 in her room, like right. of like the stuffed animals. Yeah, yeah. She had a stained glass above her bed. She loved koalas. And um, finally, uh, 2019, right before COVID hit. So it was perfect timing. Um, I got her a ticket to Australia and New Zealand. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah, um, basically it was like, you know, through everything we've been through. Uh, actually, at this time, my brother had finally gotten out of prison. He went to prison for about a year. Yeah. Um, actually, a pretty intense story. But um, he, it was nothing that he did wrong. He was yeah, he yeah. was already uh like a felon from right. previous drug drug charges. But right. the thing that put him in prison that time wasn't really his fault. It was a roommate. But right. um, obviously he was involved. He yeah, was yeah. around as a felon like you can't be around anything yeah, yeah. so he's been for a year and um that was when he was 27 and i was 24 actually mm-hmm. the same time i met my girlfriend while traveling wow. i was i was abroad and when i met her um he was in prison and uh he was only for a year but he uh mm-hmm. that was the first time he'd ever been clean since i think he said he was 14 or 15. wow um he's like i started using needles at like 15 years old and uh all the way to 27. um you know, finally, the only thing that made him get clean was going to prison. And, uh, now he just turned 31, I think, right. or no, 32, I believe okay. 32. And, uh, so five years sober now is, wow. uh, pretty cool, but, That's uh, amazing. About, yeah, about two years ago, um, well, I guess 2019. Yeah, um, my mom's dream. You know, I just I wanted to repay her for everything she's done for us and just being tough. Like, yeah, yeah. I th- I think I'm tough because you know I fought and you yeah, know yeah. I've had to handle everything. But my mom is I, I get my strength from her. Um, yeah. you know, to just being able to survive what she went through. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I got stabbed that many times, I would be dead. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I don't, like, you have to have some mental thing in you that just tells you not to give up. And um, maybe that just runs in our family about not, not giving up, but, um, yeah. you know, I, I just, yeah. So got her a ticket to Australia and we went to Australia and kind of got to like, you know, make that dream happen for yeah, her yeah. because had she not always been there for me and, you know, kept me out of trouble and all this and that, like I couldn't have lived my dream. Yeah, of course. And my dream after Bali was just to live a happy life and just do as much as I can and always just show people. Fight till tomorrow. Like your yeah. day will come. It might, it might not be tomorrow. Tomorrow might suck. The next day might suck, but eventually your day is going to happen yeah, and yeah. you need to keep fighting for it. And had I given up, you know, when I was 18 or 19 or 20, I, like I wouldn't have been able to have my mom live, like help my mom live out her yeah, dream, yeah. you know? She, yeah. she would have never gone without me. Yeah, of course. She, she would have never, she just never thought it was possible to go. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, it's just, it was just cool to realize that like had i given up she wouldn't have lived out her dream that she never yeah. thought was possible and i want to i want to do the same for more people i just want to show that like need to fight today sucks yeah, tomorrow yeah. sucks the month could suck yeah, but yeah, you know year like six years you know i yeah. fought for six years and like yeah. eventually now i'm like you know what life is cool like yeah, man yeah. i love life people always talk about you know like like I say, my life is sick. Like I have the sickest life. I'm not saying that for everybody. Yeah, of course. For me, because I've gone out and lived exactly the way I wanted to since that point and live with no regrets. And I try to live an honest life. I try to, you know, show everybody around me love and smile and, uh, you know, just try to pass that positivity along because somebody needs it. Somebody that day needs it. And that could be their last day where they're with out and they just yeah. want to stop
0: and you know yeah no no it's 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 fun it's phenomenal i mean i, I feel like this is a route we could just continue to go down because you've got so <laughs> much to say. Like, yeah, you know we're not even at the goods like the, the good stuff of the the adventuring part and the yeah. and all the challenging part yeah. and i'm not I'm, I'm genuinely not in any hurry to get there because i kind of want to look back at those two times that you you talked about trying yeah. to kill yourself and like right. i know you told people who were going to stop you 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 yeah mm-hmm. like you need to be loved but you still did it you still yeah. tried did anyone actually find out that you had tried it as well or was it just a case of it no. just didn't work for you
1: I, I I never told anybody a lot of my friends even my closest friends who uh one of my friends who I fought with for years um you know for those years that I fought about that decade like yeah, yeah. he i mean he knows more about me than anybody and yeah, yeah. he didn't know. he's listened to some podcasts I've done yeah, yeah. and he's like dude yeah, what yeah. the hell yeah yeah need to believe it's like well, as far as like the adventures and the trips and everything yeah, yeah. he's like it's hard for me to believe those stories yeah, and course. i know you yeah. i'm learning so much about you. My, my best friend who i grew up with um he's watched some of the podcasts i've done he's like dude i like i didn't know anything about that i'm like because i don't tell anybody yeah i just you know i was embarrassed about it yeah. and i wanted to hide it and i just didn't want to tell anybody and so now it's fine it's I mean, it's relieving to me. Like, yeah, of when somebody sees this and they go, "Man, like, I'm in that position." Someone random will yeah, see yeah. it and be like, "Hey, man, reach out." Like, that makes it all worth it. That one yeah. person makes it all worth it. Oh yeah, um, 100%. just yeah. I, I didn't. I want to keep it a secret. Um, that family. That was when I was younger. Like when I told her, was probably about when I was. I want to say like sixteen, still yeah. about right around the time it happened with my mom. Um, was about the time that I like went around and I told everybody. And then when I tried officially was when I was in Oregon and I was about 18. Um, I always get dates mixed up and everything, but I was about 18. So two years later, um, is when I actually tried, I had no idea what I was, what I would have done in California. Like, um, I was 16, the the gun laws in California are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So you're not getting a gun, um, you know. I don't have a car, so I can't get to San Francisco Bridge. Yeah, yeah. And and Golden Gate Bridge is like the number one spot for that. You know, yeah, apparently um,
0: so. Yeah,
1: basically, I, I, yeah. So like, I don't know what my plan was. Yeah, I just yeah. I, I wanted to slap everybody else in the face and be yeah. like, like, hey, tell me you love me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, of
0: course, yeah. Reach, reaching out, it. almost. There was a slight technical hitch, however, we do pick up from where Justin is talking about his relationship with his father
1: and brother. We're up in Oregon already, and it was just him and I. And uh I was little at the time. Um, and yeah, he just finally once I crawled in through the window, he just picked yeah. me up and slammed me on the ground. And he's a big guy, he's like 250 and yeah, yeah. uh so I guess like 120 kilos probably. And uh, you know, just slammed me. And it was uh, you know, I just was never loved. And I just I think that yeah, part yeah. that point at 16, like I just needed somebody to tell me. And uh yeah, I think that's yeah. what we all need. Like we need a you know, be more vocal yeah, yeah. about, you know, like how we were talking before about just ending the stigma yeah, yeah. of, of suicide and mental health, like end the stigma of it and talk about it. And, you know, that was a big thing is when I would tell yeah, yeah. them about it, people would, even when I tell them about it, that family, they would always tell me to stop, yeah, yeah. It, you know, like stop thinking about <laughs> it. Stop, stop, stop. And I'm like, no. like, people make you feel bad about it. People make you feel like yeah, yeah. something's wrong with you because you're thinking that way. And I think a lot of people that I still don't do. People think that something's wrong with you. And I'm like, nothing's wrong with me, man. Like, it's normal um, to just want out. Like, we all don't have life. Like, we all have our own struggles. Um, Mine's no different from anybody else's. We all face hard times, you know? Um, There's nothing special about mine. Like, there's nothing about mine that is astronomically above anybody else's. Uh, It's all relative. We all just need to be able to realize, you know, that we're in this together. And there's so many people I always think of myself like on this, like I'm smiling nonstop and I'm laughing. Oh, wow. But when I tell people now who know me wow. and there's like, dude, I've known you for like four or five years. I didn't know yeah. you had these kind of thoughts. I'm like, why would you, you know, like uh, Robin Williams effect where I think Robin really hit it home with people were like, that guy was depressed. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I'm like, that's how yeah. I am. Like you have to realize that like, it is disguised in every way possible. And uh, even though you might not walk around with it on your shirt or on your forehead, like, you know, it's still there. And we just need to talk about it more,
0: you know? Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. You know, we, we did speak about this just prior, and we said that it is about changing the stigma and making people realize, actually, it, if that's what somebody chooses to do, unfortunately, but it's yeah. actually quite a brave decision. It's a very brave decision because the it, it's so sad. I think that somebody feels that's the only way of escapism or way of making the world better or making it better for somebody else. Potentially it's, it is very sad. So I think it's very important to highlight and very important that people do realize there's, there's somebody out there who who wants to listen. They definitely, and maybe sometimes it is a stranger. Sometimes it's easier to tell a stranger something because you don't think you're going to be judged. I I don't, I I don't know. I I believe that talking to strangers are sometimes, it is a lot easier to talk to them because they have got no preconceptions. Right. They don't know who you are, and
1: right, yeah. And uh, I remember I told my sister um, not too long ago. I started having those thoughts again, like pretty deep, um, about like a year yeah. and a half ago. And my my sister, she's uh, the family that like took me in. Um, I started telling her again, okay. and she was kind of like, I guess yeah, you yeah. guys would say that, like mugged me off about it, like just pushed me off about it. She's like, right. you need to like, I'm gonna call the cops and this and that. I'm like, listen. Like you just upset me so much because like, I wasn't talking to you
0: yeah, for
1: yeah. that kind of help. I was just, I just yeah, wanted to course. to vent to somebody. I want to talk to somebody about this. I didn't, yeah, yeah. you know, if we tell anybody about it, they want to call the police and have, you know, them help you. But that that's not how it goes. It's yeah. not what I want. I don't want to be put into a loony yeah. bin into a, you know, a padded room yeah, yeah. and talk to i like there's no yeah. reason why we should get to that extent when you have family and loved ones around yeah, you of course that are 10 times better than that like yeah. listen i don't need to go to that extent just yeah. hear me out and be there yeah. for me and we're not there for people enough yeah. we think that immediately oh shoot so something's wrong yeah. no i can't take this risk listen yeah i want to kill myself i'm talking about it but all I need to stop me today is just love. I need to feel like I'm wanted yeah. and don't feel like I'm wanted ever. Yeah. And I don't feel like I'm important. I don't feel yeah. like if I, if I left today, would anybody notice, yeah. you know, and we need to, um, yeah. when I was on my runs this weekend, one of the guys, the same guy who I was with running, he, uh, he said hi to every single person we, we ran past. And We ran about four miles. There's a lot of people. And, and he, and I, thought, I told, he's like, hey, man, like, if you notice, like, I said hi to every person who ran past. Most didn't say we're back to me, but I don't care yeah, yeah. because yeah. I want them yeah. to know that I see them, that I acknowledge they're alive and they are yeah, somebody. Yeah. And they might not know that right off the bat. Yeah. But that's what I did. But subconsciously, they know that someone saw them today, that you're not invisible. And I was like, yeah, holy shit, man.
0: Like, yeah, of course, I like, if, yeah, yes. it's little lessons, isn't it? It's it's crazy what you pick up. As well. I remember, remember doing a seminar years ago, and the guy was talking around communication, and it's very it's it's very much an English thing to say. Are you okay to somebody? When you walk past someone, you say, Are "You all right? Yeah, all right." And and you get a lot of people but in it. Certainly in the UK, will say, "Fine, yeah, I'm fine, thanks." And he automatically just shut that down, and he said, "Fine it is something that you get when you park somewhere you shouldn't." He says, you never answer, we're fine. You always give them an answer back and say, yes, well, I'm yeah. very good today. Thank you very much. And how are you? And some that stuck with me. So if anyone ever asks me if I'm okay. all right, I'll never just say, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. I, I, I'll always answer them back and say, yeah, I'm really good. Thank you very much. Or yeah. yes, I'm having a nice day. How are you? And and it's just because of those little things have triggered. Someone's actually made an effort yeah. to communicate with you, whether or not they want to the answer back. It's I, huge. I just want like, that's,
1: that's about my funnest part yeah. is when, uh, so obviously – I'm from America girlfriends from England. It's the same way when we're walking around London yeah, yeah. and I'll walk past someone like, Hey, how's it going? And she, she like, did yeah. you know that person? I'm like, not at all. Just being nice. <laughs> like, and yeah, that, 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 that was the thing I noticed yeah, yeah. is that the way, the way you guys word questions, like when you just say hi to somebody or just walk past someone's it's like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, it's just yeah. Like yeah. And I was, <laughs> and so I realized that when, you know, I'd walk past someone, I'd be like, Hey, what's up? And they'd be like, not much, man. Actually, or like, hey, how's it going? He'd be like, actually, pretty good. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah. that was a pretty detailed answer. I was just looking like, hey, what's up? Yeah, like, yeah. like, like Like, acknowledge it <laughs> back. But like, yeah, yeah. you notice when you get yeah, that yeah. answer back of like, actually, I'm doing pretty good, man. Like, you're like, oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, man. Good. Good. Like, that <laughs> you're not robots. Yeah, you're yeah. humans with emotion. And yes, yeah, I love course. when people so. do that, when you actually be like, a real answer hey man i'm, I'm doing yeah. pretty good how are you and they're and yeah so they're like when you're walking at yeah. somebody you know and like hey i'm doing good how are you and you guys are already like three feet apart and they're like actually man i'm doing yeah, pretty yeah. well like <laughs> i love it i love
0: it yeah yeah, I, we, I, yeah i've we been fortunate in the past and i'll never forget another guy saying be interested rather uh-huh. than interesting and, and I quite like that one, just be interested yeah. in somebody else. And yes, there's going to be occasions where you have to talk about yourself, you have to relate to it, and you're not necessarily right. trying to be interesting because you're trying just trying to tell them your side of the story oh. or trying to tell them about you. Sometimes you are going to be interested, sound maybe is interesting, but it's about being yes. interested yeah. in somebody and, and actually just, just listening to somebody and saying, yeah, I'm interested in what you've mm-hmm. done. doesn't matter what I've done. I'm interested yeah. in what you've got to tell me. Um. And, and those are just two messages in life that I've, I've kind of took away from me, and I, I and I like them. I try yeah. and use them wherever. Yeah, I can.
1: I, well, I feel like in the podcast world too. Like I feel weird always just like being on a podcast and talking about myself because, like, yeah, yeah. granted, yeah, yeah. you ask or I guess I asked to be on, but you you know, vice versa, like you're in your seat for it. But at the yeah, same yeah. time, I'm like, well, no, man, I want to, I want to know about you, like, you know. And then the host is like, no, oh, man, it's about you. Like this episode's about you. I'm like, no, you're a person too. Like, yeah. what's up? You know. We all have our story. I love being interested in someone else and showing them that somebody is like listening. Cause you can tell. You can tell when someone's here listening to you and they're actually listening versus somebody just asking a question and like there's no there's nothing. Just just hearing it's so changing. It's so life changing when you when you actually start like caring about what someone's saying and invested in it. And like, oh man, if we could all do that, like it'd be crazy. It'd be so good.
0: yeah it would be and I think we're kind of I know we're kind of we're not digressing we we, you know we're we're on whatever route we want to be on here today we can do what we want into our podcast let's let's do it but I think it comes back to an education, doesn't it? I think that people, you know, you're saying that people are trying to maybe ring the police to get you. Help. I mean, in the UK, you wouldn't ring the police. You would probably ring the hospital or a, or a mental health hospital institute. You wouldn't you wouldn't be ringing the police right. to get help for somebody trying to kill themselves. It would be, you know, I actually want to speak to a nurse about this or a mm-hmm. doctor rather than the police. Yeah. The, I mean, depending on the situation, but it's an education, isn't it? You know, just making people aware that if someone is saying this, they probably just need someone to listen to them. Right just put an arm around their shoulder and just show them that they can. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yes. So yet you're you're, you're, no one's asking you to be a counselor. They're just asking you to be yeah. there, help them. And then if you need to then go on to the next, the next level and get a counselor or get a nurse, then that's what we can do. But for now, I'm the person you've came to. Let's, you know, let's just talk about yeah. this and just sit down together. And Yeah. hundred percent.
1: Cause if you, if you aren't that person for them and you, you push them away, it goes back to what happened when I was 16 yeah. where, I just balled everything up yeah. inside. I didn't tell because yeah. I didn't feel like I could. So I balled it up and then that ball just grows and grows and hardens. And basically it just, it's going to explode. And all you need is just, Hey man, just let yeah. me bounce this off of you. Um, it's it, I, it's funny that you mentioned the whole, like you wouldn't call police. You'd call the hospital. I completely forgot about it with my brother. Um, yeah. Obviously I guess, you know, we chose different paths to go down, but uh, and being the first, being the yeah. oldest child, the first child is like, you're kind of the experimental project, um, where I I see what's going on and, you know, anything I do is nothing compared to what you've done. Like I could go burn down a building and I'm still like, I'm still the, like the golden child compared to him from like, from what he's done, you know, he's done a lot (laughs) of stuff. And so, uh, basically when he was like probably 14, I think 15, he, um, we, him and I got into a huge fight and the police got called, and, uh, he just said those magical words to the police and was like, I'm going to kill myself and immediately took him to a mental institution. And, uh, you know, he was in there. I think he was in there. Yeah. I don't think he was in there long. I went to go visit him once or twice, I think with my family, but like, yeah, he got yeah. taken all the way, like probably a good two hours away to a mental. And it was like, dude, you're 50, like just an angry kid. Wow. Like you didn't mean it. You were just angry. Yeah, yeah. And like, you wanted out of not even that situation you just you know you look yeah. at how we were raised and everything the the love that we got from our dad and like our mom was just trying to please him and didn't realize what was going on yeah. and like he was just another person who just wanted somebody to pay attention to him and he realized that the only yeah. way for people to pay attention to him was to go to that extent to threaten that and um yeah, it's just one of those things man it's it's like it's just one of those like it's a red flag it's just like an uh, emergency button like this will get his yeah, yeah. attention. It sucks yeah, yeah. that it has to come to that and I don't yeah. want it to, but like, yeah. yeah. So it's one of those things where it shouldn't be the last. You know, it is, you know? yeah. We should be able to just talk about it.
0: No, and I don't think everyone... Yeah, I think you should. I think I definitely think it's an education because yeah. I don't think that people, you know, say I'm going to call the police if you're in the US or they're going to call the hospital over here. And I don't think they do that out of, out of this. They necessarily don't want to learn. I think it's more just, uh, oh my goodness, this is out of a love. That's the only way I know how to help because I don't know how to process the information. I don't don't feel trained in this, but sometimes it is just, well, I, in my head, this is the way I process it. It would be a case of, actually this person just Mm -hmm. needs someone to listen to and then let's just take it step by step. But again, uh, you know, for the podcast and for, in general, that is just my opinion, how I Uh, process that information.
1: Definitely. I I feel like it should be, it should be in our education system about how to handle those kinds of situations and that, yeah I, yeah I think just even even if it's not in your educational system it should just be in your house like hey let's you know like as, yeah, as yeah. a parent like just showing your kid like hey like yeah. like how was today instead of just being like it was good no t- yeah. tell me about it like how was how was everything yeah, yeah. i don't want to know about your school work yeah, yeah. like i want to know about how like the playground was how the kids yeah. were like were they good to you like you know yeah. and figure out like oh someone's mean to you like what happened like you know talk about it and like get yeah. them from an early age to just express their feelings in, in a right, the appropriate way in the right yeah. way. And, you know, get that.
0: Yeah. I have been mean, I've had credit to where credit, where, where credit's due. My wife, you know, I lost my kids, what they've done and some things that they've been doing but to my credit. My wife, she gets our kids in the runny little the runny the runny small. i have got three little girls i've got a seven-year-old and a four-year-old who are in education and a little one-year-old but every day when they come out of school my wife says can you just tell me three things that have happened at school oh, day? Yeah. just it doesn't have to be about it doesn't have to be about what they've done in school it could just be you know I, i've i went down the slide yeah. with my friends or i've been playing in the in the garden or i've I've done some maths whatever it is but my wife every single day asks asks the children tell me three things that have happened that's beautiful. And, and they know now every day when they come out for my wife, they have three things ready they do. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And it's been, it's been, it's nice um, to see
1: somebody else. I follow just from like the, the local gym. Um, I saw her on her story and I thought, man, this is the coolest thing. I can't wait to have kids to like kind of have this kind of deal. But she was like, uh, every morning she tells her little girl to, to tell her three positive affirmations about herself. And it's just so cool. The daughter's like, well, I'm pretty, I'm smart. And she like goes on and she, and she like says something again. She's like, I'm pretty. She's like, you already said that. And, and it's like, <laughs> new and like always have to be new things to just like positive reinforcements. Like, Hey, yeah, yeah. love yourself. And I'm like, you're teaching your three-year-old, yeah, your yeah. four-year-old to love themselves from the start. And that is so cool. Yeah. Like, I love it. I love those yeah. techniques. I love like what your wife's doing. Like, Hey, what you're doing today, just tell me. You know, like there's just so great.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I was wow. I just remember going with going with it to pick a Gibson. And I was thinking, you no, know, I was I was listening, and thinking, oh yeah, wow, I the like
1: that. things. As, as a kid growing up, it's the little things that make a difference to you. You know, you might not yeah. think telling the person that you walk past, like yeah. saying hi to them, means anything, but it does. Like it's the little things that you do to just everybody yeah. you walk past, make a positive, uh, a positive influence or a positive impression on somebody you walk past. You know. Asking how their day is, asking someone yeah, yeah, yeah. three things they've done today, like show them that you care, is so
0: yeah, yeah, that, yeah, one hundred percent. You talked about you talked about the MMA stuff, and I, as a sport sport karate oh, kickbox right competitor myself, I, I can totally, totally, you know, get the the mm-hmm. outlet from that, and. Even from a mental health point of view, regardless of whether it's a, a combat of sport, whether it's just running, whatever it is you're doing, you're releasing their natural endorphins, you're feeling good about yourself, you've got a circle of friends, you can vent, whatever it is. So from my personal point of view, I've always found kickboxing, which was my hobby, I've loved it, absolutely loved it because it was always somewhere I could kind of release whatever needed to be, released, vent. Did you find the same same for you? And was that then where the challenges started to come in? Because you were now you had something like channel and yeah, focus yeah, that definitely. energy. Um,
1: I was, oh man, I, I remember my buddy. We were polar opposites, J- just in height. I was I'm six four. He was five two, and so really short. Uh, yeah. But basically, like we were best friends, and he was he was like a little pit bull. Like when he got in the cage, he'd be he'd be like the classic. You see a guy just pumped up, like straight face, angry. And he would just go out there to like yeah, eat yeah. someone alive. And if you look at uh like the old fight videos of uh Fedor Emilienko, um he just looked like he's about to go to sleep. Like he just kind of looks like he's there for like do a business yeah, job, yeah. you know, like he looks calm and that's how I was. Yeah. And uh my buddy would always tell me, he'd always yell at me behind like backstage, he'd be like, dude, get ready, like get angry. And I would try. I would like sit there and think of like, all right, my mom, my brother, like my dad, and I would think of certain yeah, things yeah. and I would get angry for like maybe a minute and then i'd forget i'd be like what like
0: yeah
1: i grew up with violence like it is what yeah, it yeah. is to me it's like ages like it was nervous yeah, it yeah, was nerve-wracking course. but like eventually it lost yeah. i lost the adrenaline of it i still love it i still love competing um i don't fight anymore but i, yeah. I would love to again uh i just am always hopping around that's hard to ever train somewhere uh but i love yeah, like i'll i'll pop into like jiu-jitsu tournaments anywhere i can uh, cause I feel like I just yeah, yeah. kind of have that knack for it, I guess. But, um, basically yeah. I would, I found that as a really good relief system of just something where that nine to 15 minutes, however long the fight goes, um, yeah, yeah. literally nothing. It's the most peaceful place in the world. And I think that's finally where I could, no matter how much was going on in my life. Um, there's actually a fight that my brother went to that. I Found out later on, and we have a picture. It's one of the only pictures we have of together. And I, I've i just cut weight, and I'm down All to right. like 150 pounds, 155 pounds. And he's about he looks even skinnier than me because he's he's a little smaller, he's about 5'10. It's a good height, and uh, he um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't have any hair to make himself 5'11. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> so basically, uh he yeah he told me he's like yeah man like you know that night that i went up to your fight like i was on heroin that whole night like wow uh my buddy alex and i were in the we had a hotel room and um he was in the bathroom for like an hour or something i just thought he was yeah, showering yeah. And doing whatever and he's like no that when I, I was i was shooting up in the bathroom when you guys were on wow. the bed sitting out there and i'm like what the hell man well yeah. one i was more heartbroken i'm like man like the night for yeah, me yeah. finally you know like this was finally my time and like you get a you know i get my my, my brother to be yeah, there right. i haven't seen you in forever uh he's doing that you know um so even with that going on i mean obviously i didn't know that till later but like i yeah, knew that yeah. was still going on in his life yeah, i just didn't yeah. know that second. <laughs> um but basically uh you know the second that door slammed like it was a relief everything everything could, was going wrong we always said like my like well i, I don't want to say like my mom could die because that obviously almost yeah. happened but like <laughs> but like a family member a loved one could have yeah, got yeah. shot right there and the second that door shuts yeah, yeah. you can't think about it like it's not even there anymore like it was just you went into this blissful state of mind of just peace like there's one thing to think about yeah, yeah. you have one thing to do and you just kind of yeah, yeah. autopilot and it was so just meditative so relaxing And uh, yeah, I definitely want to say it was a huge outlet for me. Um, I wasn't doing any more training. I guess it was a confidence thing, knowing that like I could handle myself. And I think the one thing I started doing with it is that I just felt like I was never there to protect my family. Like uh, obviously, you know, I couldn't have done anything to protect my mom. I was eight hours away, Uh, you know, but in my head, like I just keep thinking like, man, I should have been there. Like I am now going to dedicate my life to being like no yeah. one's ever gonna hurt my family again uh i'm gonna be someone who's just unstoppable and that's just kind of translated through everything out in my life of like fighting i wanted to be somebody who if you ever tried to hurt my family like it's not gonna happen and on top of it now it's like all these challenges i do it's just that mental aspect of like i'm going to make myself yeah, yeah. just tougher impossible to kill i want literally nothing to kill yeah. me nothing to stop me if it was next challenge of like, you know, running 600 miles in a couple of days. Like it's that kind of mindset of like, when I'm running, I think like, man, like I, like had I been faster, I could have yeah. made it to my mom. Like, you know, and it, it's, it's literally yeah. illogical. It, it's not possible, but in my head it is. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do all this in order to better myself and protect everybody I love around me. If it's my family one day or not. And this is all stuff that kind of just like, build yeah, yeah. confidence in myself finally i was never a confident person uh growing up and nobody you know reinstill that confidence in me you know uh and
0: so i mean you spoke yeah. quite openly even just before we started recording you said you know you're you're quite an introvert by yeah. nature and you just you, even when you come on the podcasts you know even though it's the easiest subject in the world to talk about yourself it's yeah you know it it's still it's still quite apprehensive to come on what was the first challenge and then why did you decide to do the first challenge? Um, ooh, what was the first one?
1: Um the first <laughs> one was like I wanted to so the fighting went on for quite a while and then yeah. got done with it, went traveling a lot. Um, I would say was it Africa? Um, I can't remember if it was Africa first. I think it was. Um, I wanted to walk across Africa, like the whole continent. And uh <laughs> I didn't really plan for it. Uh, it was about three weeks planning. I was just like, ah, I'm going to do it. I want to do about yeah. a marathon a day. I'll be done in about a year. Um, and that's that that, that was about my, that was my plan. Oh. And, uh, I made it a couple weeks and then I got kidnapped and then, um,
0: <laughs> right. Let's go back because this is, this is the second time I've had, you know, you mentioned Chaz yeah. and Chaz so nonchalantly just, Chaz- oh yeah, it was yeah. the last two weeks and I got kidnapped and, but then he carried on about the journey and I'm like,
1: Wait, Let, no, wait
0: let's go back you got kidnapped i mean yes. let's talk about they're getting kidnapped yeah his so I, uh, what, man. What, what was your kidnap story Chaz is funny man because he he
1: had so many crazy stories i'm like dude you need to tell yeah. these like i don't know yeah. if you have but like these stories are hilarious like uh the, the drinking is pee i was like dude i don't care how he, I'm very, he didn't he, he didn't I, tell us that one but i'm oh, you know man. see that's another good one like that is i yeah. think the the stereotypical question everybody will ask you if you're like, you know, walking across somewhere hot, like, yeah, yeah. you drink your pee?
0: Like, I feel like there's a question you ask and everybody, 99... I, I must, I mustn't be a good interview because I did not ask like, if you drank your own pee and not
1: 99. all. 99.9% of people would be like, no, nah, I wouldn't. Chaz, I had to. Like, yeah. he did. So, yeah, he, he, had, he had to do that, man. I'm like, dude, that's a good story because it's yeah. really like, that's a question we've all had to be contemplated at some time in our life. Like, would you? I mean, that is a, that's survival. To, yeah, that's survival at its finest,
0: right there. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so. I mean, I I, I I might have a have a wee, but I I don't think I want to drink my own pee. Never, never. And, uh, 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 yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd have to I'd really have to drink my own pee if I had to drink it. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so I, I'm so trying we, to put myself in the situation where I would have to do that, and I, there's not yeah. really any. No. I don't even know how you could stomach it, you know? So that's
1: one of those things. It's like, man, I don't, I don't know how you did it. <laughs> um, first off, like, I don't know what, how you how you get the pee in there. Do you just, like, do you have a cup?
0: Lie down. Lie
1: down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, pretty much not lie down because I feel like if you're traveling, you really don't have a cup. Like, yeah. Like, nobody just has cup. Just... Like, no one has just like, you put... like a. Put it into your shoe and then drink it out of your shoe. Oh, that's classy. That's the way to do it.
0: <laughs> and keep your finger out as well. You oh, do yeah.
1: It. Because then it's kind of like the boot from like uh, Oktoberfest at that point.
0: Let's talk about your kid. Right. <laughs> right.
1: And so uh, basically um, I got about three weeks into it and uh, I was – the, the gas stations there had um had like beds in them. Like people just did right. at the gas stations. And I learned that, like, oh, I can stop by these gas stations and sleep. And I was walking during the nights because the days were 115 out. I don't know what that is in Celsius, probably like forty. And maybe so, that, but sounds hot. Yeah, just hot. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> basically I think it was about 40, 45, probably, I think. Wow. And uh I would just walk during the nights. It was like, All right, this is the only way I can do it. And uh even the nights were hot. But uh I yeah, yeah. this gas station to sleep. And, um, basically I'd done that a couple of times. Stop at this one to sleep. These people are super nice. Um, I, they, they let me take a shower and I hadn't showered the whole time. So I was just, Oh, this is going to be heaven. And so <laughs> I, I lay down in this bed. I can just imagine what that bed was like now. Like look yeah, yeah. at it, how dirty it was. Oh man. Oh, didn't well. matter. Yeah. So I slept. And I woke up and um, there was like a – there was kind of like a military truck out front, right? right. And um, there was really no like credentials to it, I guess. Um, I guess they're military. You don't know if they're like military or like local militia. I yeah, guess, yeah. From. And um, yeah, basically they they wanted to see my passport. They were on their way, and the owner of the, of the gas station wanted to see my passport, and he wanted me to go right. to him. And I'm like, well, I'll flash it to you, but I'm not going to give it to you. And then he won my picture and he kept wanting to take my picture. And I wouldn't let him take my picture. I just felt weird. And eventually he got this little kid, like his son to like, kind of like be friends with me and then like, try to take a right. And I'm like, oh man, today's not yeah. the day kid. Oh, I want to, there's the one kid. I was like, man, I've never punched a kid before, but, you- <laughs>
0: but it's going to happen.
1: You are on the top of my list because <laughs> I was like, get the camera out of my face. And, yeah. uh, yeah, basically, cause I was like, all right, I'm going to go. And they're like, no, 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 wait, wait. And they kept telling me to wait. And finally this truck showed up and, uh, they were, they looked more official. So I gave them my passport yeah, yeah. and then they gave the guy my passport and I immediately like snatched it out of his hands again. Yeah, yeah. And he just got pissed about it. And basically, um, they were asking me what I was doing. They didn't really speak any very, very rough English. And yeah, yeah. So, see, I was like, I'm going, I wasn't gonna tell them I was gonna walk to South Africa. Like yeah, yeah. I don't think they could comprehend that of like, yeah, you know, people in Madagascar didn't understand we were trying to walk across, like let alone, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know, seven thousand, nine thousand miles, twelve thousand kilometers or so. And so basically, like I was like, Oh, I'm just walking to Luxor. And Luxor is the next like yeah. big, big place in, in in Egypt. And I was like, I'm just walking to Luxor. Yeah. I, I should be there in about a week, a couple of days. And um <laughs> And they just—I was trying to make it a little bit more believable. And yeah, uh, yeah. they're like, "All right, just get in the truck." And I'm like, "No, it's cool. Like, I'm going to walk. That's uh, that's my thing. I'm walking." And they're like, "No, no, no. Just get in the truck, and we'll drive you to the to the next spot." And I'm like, "No, you don't get it. It's my thing. I'm walking. If I yeah, yeah. all right, I, I'm, I lose. I, I'm cheating. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah, defeats a yeah. purpose. And I'm like, if I want to get a ride, I would just get on the bus. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, they just wouldn't let me go. And uh, finally. I got in the, I got in the, in the truck. And it's funny. I have a picture with them too about like, cause these kids came up. Yeah. These kids came up and they're like trying to take a selfie with me in the back of the truck. And I was like, well, if you guys are taking one, I'm going to get one too. And so <laughs> I'm like them my phone. And so we've like a selfie in the back of the truck and there's like four or five of us. And the guy who is like, put me in the truck is sitting next to me. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, basically we drive to the next. Sounds walk. surreal. Yeah. And then ne- every this was during the day. And so they hadn't put me out front of the car yet. This is the middle of the day. right? And um, they drive me to the next spot. And they kind of like hold me at this like roadside stop, like a checkpoint. And the further south you go, the more kind of aggressive it gets. If you look into like, this is my take on it. I don't know if this is correct, but I believe it's yeah, yeah. correct. Maybe some things are off. But um, I got the sense that the further south you went. So in 2011-ish, there was like the military coup. Of yeah, yeah. Uh, overthrowing the local government, and I guess you could say Cairo was more progressive and like yeah. liberal. I guess progressive and liberal is what you want to call it, and just a lot more open to everything. And when you get more south, you get a lot more closed off and you know aggressive mindset. A lot yeah, of people yeah. in the south liked Trump, are like everybody loved yeah. the south, but uh, right. nobody liked Trump. And yeah. so it kind of made sense of like, listen, like the progressive people in America don't like Trump, but yeah. the people on the opposite side love him. And now it's looking like this in Egypt, North and South, like, you know, right. and so it kind of got interesting. Now, that was one thing I noticed. And, you know, the people who like Trump were the people who got overthrown and kicked out of the government house, you know, whatever, you know, so things like that, were kind of picked up on, um, and we drove down to the next spot. And they kind of helped me there and waited all day. I didn't really know what was going on. I was like, hey, are we going to be able to go? Uh, Can I start walking? They're like, yeah, yeah, in a little bit, in a little bit. And it kept going on to like a little bit, a little bit. So eventually they're like, all right, we're going to drive you to this next place and put you in a hotel. And I'm like, I mean, I don't really want a hotel. I have a tent. But, you know, all right. As long as I can leave you guys tomorrow. Because I'm guessing they were just trying to keep me safe. Like the place in my head, I was like, oh, the place I'm going through are just dangerous. So they're trying to yeah, get yeah. me to the next because as you start figuring out these areas, as a white person, they just want to make sure that you're safe. Because if you get hurt, right. it's a national incident because you're American or right. everything's like uh, when Madagascar, everybody just thought we were white. And so we were powerful. And uh, right. what happened with like Chaz, everybody just thinks, I think everybody just directs it back to being American. They see white and they yeah. just call it English, American, whatever yeah. And so basically that's kind of what it was there I felt is they just didn't want me to get hurt. Um, because yeah. So we kept going, they drive me to the hotel that night and they put me in it, they pay for it. Um, and like, all right, like, like what time are you going to leave in the morning? I'm like, I don't know, probably like seven in the morning. And they're like, okay. And I just thought they were asking just to be curious. And I had also told them, I think I told them eight and my plan was seven. I was going to leave a little yeah. earlier because I wanted like, all right, you might be curious, but I'm still going to try to sneak out of here before you get here. If you do. Yeah, of and uh, basically I get into the hotel and I go back downstairs. Once I check into my room, and I'm about to leave. And some guy pops up and he's like, Hey, where are you going? And I was like, I'm just going to go down to like the corner store and get something to drink. And he's like, no, 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 yeah. you can't. Like we're going to have to go with you. And so they had like three armed guards or three armed people like walk down the street with me to the corner, to get a bottle of water. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So we go back to the hotel. I go to bed. I wake up in the morning and I look out the window and there is like four trucks with all armed people standing out front of it. Just like waiting for me. And I'm like, what, what the hell is going on? I'm like, all right, well, here's my, here's my welcoming party. You know, here's my, here's my escorts. I walk out and I was like, all right, boys, so where are we going? (laughs) Basically, (laughs) put me back in the truck and um they drive me right to the city limits and they're like all right get out walk and i'm like it's not really what i want to do during the day because it's hot you know but i was like all right fine so i walk and i have no water and you know i was it was so hot i have my backpack and usually i was already for it but no water having my backpack during the day was literally the last thing i wanted to do And I was like, hey, can I put my bag? Like, trying to. This is all like charades of like, can I put my bag in the truck?
0: Yeah. yeah. No,
1: no, you can't. And I'm like, listen, I understood that I said this was cheating yesterday, but like, this is daytime. Like, the rules change. And uh, (laughs) like, no, you can't. And I was like, well, this sucks. And there's times where I would stop, I would try to stop and just sit and rest. And they, How bored you have to be to walk, to drive behind somebody at one to two miles an hour? Like, I don't know. I don't get it. And so basically we would just walk forever or I would walk and drive behind me and I I would stop to rest and they would just yell at me to keep going. Like they wouldn't let me stop. And I'm like, that's crazy. This is ridiculous. Like now you're just kind of like slave driving me now. Like you guys are, you know, with a car behind me, like, I know you're not going to run me over, but like you guys just keep nudging me over and over. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we, it was really weird. We get to, we get close to a city and then they tell me to get in. So it's like, they didn't want people to see what they were doing, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I couldn't, I couldn't put together, but they couldn't, they didn't want people to see it. And so basically I'd get back in the car and we drive to the next checkpoint. And then they would like hand me off to the next group. And every time I got handed off, that group got more and more aggressive. So as I got more South, the people got more and more aggressive, which is kind wow. of an interesting thing. I, I just couldn't really put that together. Um, just something I noticed. Wow. And
0: um, what the serious question from that for me is: mm-hmm. when you're walking through the day in in the heat and they're kind of behind you in the van, <laughs> did you nearly drink your own pee? <laughs> no, because I didn't have to pee.
1: Like that was the thing. <laughs> I was back in chat. I was like, man, if you had no water, like how'd you have to pee? When when I have no water, I don't have to pee. But uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't have to pee. Uh, I wanted water, but not so, that bad. I wasn't at that point yet. It's <laughs> a good question.
0: I couldn't help myself. Sorry, hey, um, I've made, my, made myself i myself That's all that matters. Go on, go, keep going. So they're getting more more and more angry. i feel like I get more yourself. aggressive. I think I set myself <laughs> You self-love. did set yourself
1: <laughs> But basically, we we get to this next town, and they like pass me off, and then. Um, Long story short, it keeps going all day. Um, I think one point, maybe in one of these days, the first or second day, uh, they put me in the car and it was really weird. But they gave me like and not gave me, but they had me hold like an AK 47. And I was like oh, wow. and I was just having fun with it. Uh there was a yeah, yeah. front seat and then I was in the middle of the back seat. And then there was two, and so they didn't even let me sit in the back of the truck. So that made me really nervous because that's whenever they yeah, me in the truck, they put me in the back you know, with like the open tent in the back, but now yeah, they had yeah. me sitting inside the cab in between them. So now I'm wondering like, are we going through a really bad spot yeah, yeah. where like, there's going to be kind of yeah. like, people looking in the yeah, truck. yeah, of course, gunfire. Like this, this looks a little more serious. And then now yeah. they like, I have a gun in my lap. Like I'm holding onto a gun. And I just kind of yeah, like yeah. joke. I like kind of nudge them. I'm like, Hey man, I'm one of the boys, like one of you guys. <laughs> and I was like joking around. I'm kind of like holding the gun. Like, yeah. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to like In, instagram live yeah just
0: I, holding the good I'm, I'm kidding up with a good
1: <laughs> right like i'm trying to just hang out with the boys and so yeah, yeah. I, i'm trying to have fun with it because i had no idea what was going on this is only right. like day two or something so i don't really think too much of it then we get to this like really middle of nowhere town again that's all middle of nowhere i guess now and uh we go to this restaurant and I have a picture with this whole crowd out front of this restaurant still. Cause I was, Hey man, if you guys are taking pictures, I'm getting pictures. And so, uh, they clear out this restaurant and they drive to this town. They clear out this restaurant. They like just for me. And so I'm sitting in the back of it. They have all the armed security or whoever out front and they're keeping everybody from coming in, but there's a whole crowd like peeking in, trying to see. And, uh, I got super sick from that food. I know it was that food that I got sick from because it was the only food I ate. Because yeah, yeah. um, they didn't let me eat any of the rest of the time. So I ate this food. I got extremely sick the next day. Um, that night I slept outside of one of the checkpoints. We didn't go to a hotel. As obviously, it gets more and more aggressive. First night up yeah, yeah. in a hotel. Second night I sleep on a. I sleep outside. Um, oh, wow. But it, yeah, uh, it got more and more aggressive to that point. The food got me sick. Um, I wasn't like throwing up or like diarrhea yet, but I could feel it. And then that next day, that third day or so, um, I think there's anything else big. I think those are the big like checkpoints of it or milestones of it. And then we get to this one and actually one was really cool that night. I think the one I slept outside of was really cool. The guy I was talking to, I thought he was going to be like my way out of it. His son showed up in like a really nice BMW and he was becoming a dentist. And I'm like, all right, if I'm meeting your son, then surely like we're on good terms. Yeah, his yeah. son's like becoming a dentist and he can speak decent English. I'm like, Hey man, what's going on here? And they're like, Oh, they're just trying to make sure you're safe and like where you're going and this and that. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. Can you just tell him that like, I'm fine and I'll start walking. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know. I thought that was like my, that was my way out there, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And the next day I had middle of the day, I got put at this one checkpoint and this is where it all changes. Like this guy asked for my passport and he holds on to it. And there's this is a whole like now there's like 20 or 30 guys all with guns kind of at this checkpoint. And um, there's really nowhere for me to go. And I now I'm starting to get sick. Like now I'm like really feeling it. I haven't had water in a couple Mm of days. That hotel. So about a day and a half or two and like just walking. That whole next day was just walking in the sun. Um, And that whole morning as well. So we get to this checkpoint and I'm like I'm on the side of the street like curled up and just yeah, yeah, yeah. laughing at me like they're taking pictures of me and I'm like curled up I feel like I have like just this massive migraine and I'm just sick and I'm like no like do you need to go to the hospital and I'm like no I don't I'm fine just let me go like just let me yeah. let me do my own thing and uh basically I later on I tried saying like yeah send me to the hospital and then they're like okay we in a little bit and they never did and I was at this checkpoint for probably about like probably about eight to 10 hours, I would say. Like I was there for about the rest of the day, probably till night. Cause we hit there about midday and I was there till about night. And um, wow. I kept going back into this guy's office and I kept being like, hey man, like, can I go? Can we go? And he's like, oh yeah, just, you know, one second, one second, one second yeah. and kept pushing it off. And I'm like, hey man, like, I want to go. Like, I'm sick. I need something. Give me water, yeah, yeah. give me food, give me anything. And he just wouldn't. And uh, basically I knew like at this point, I'm from fighting. I was so used to cutting weight and not having any water yeah, yeah. for like two days that I knew I was fine now that I would survive. But the issue yeah. was if this went on any longer, could I get myself like if they say, say they just drive me to the next town and let me go and just drop me off? I don't know if I had the strength to walk to the next food stand yeah, to feel like rehydrate and get food. Like it was still 115 now. I don't that was my biggest worry is I know I'm fine right now and I can push through, yeah. but it's when I'm let go, I don't think I'm strong enough to go out and get my own nutrition to yeah. like revive myself. Now, that, that was my big worry. I got really nervous there and started panicking there of like, if this goes on any longer for the next day. I, I'm, I'm dead. And, uh, yeah. basically, uh, I go into this, I go into this guy's office again. And I like sit down and I kind of record myself I'm, like talking to him, just pointing at me. And, uh, They somehow knew. I I guess we all had that like different look on our face when we know we're recording something. Because they knew I was, and he pointed it out, and his little like goonie on the side called it out too. And they're like, "Hey, like, let me see your phone." And I kind of showed him it, and then I like I deleted it right away when they asked. Didn't see it, but they're like, "Let me see your phone." I'm like, "No." And so I put my phone on the desk, and they started like scrolling. I was like, "No, no, no! You only get to see the past like 24 hours. You don't get to see everything else." And so uh, you know, nobody wants you going through their phone. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. basically was like, I wasn't going to give them my phone ever to like, hold on to, I would let yeah, them yeah. at it, but that was it. And, um, I, I started thinking like, man, I know I can, like, a lot of, a lot of the guys were young. They all look pretty young. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I feel like I could fight one of them for a gun. And I this such a yeah, yeah. logical thought, such a stupid thought, but like in my head, it's just who I am. I'm like. Yeah, yeah. i feel like i could fight one of these guys for a gun but yeah yeah. survive a shootout like and also if i do survive a shootout like i mean there's 20 or 30 of them i'm not going to survive that yeah and i've never really shot a gun before so like you know i I don't i doubt i'm a marksman and i'm just like (laughs) you know and if i do how am i going to get to the airport without like the government on my tail for killing 30 yeah of course i'm like this is the most illogical thought in the world plan B let's go to the next plan. And, uh, so I called the, I called the U S embassy. I had the U S embassy number and I called them and, uh, this lady picks up and she's like, Hey, what's going on? And I'm like, well, I'm kind of detained or kidnapped or something. And I'm just kind of stuck in Egypt in the middle of nowhere. And she's like, well, why, why are you there? And I was like, so I was trying to walk across Egypt and she's like, why? I don't know. Does it matter? And she's like, "Have you ever done like Have you ever done anything like this before?" And I'm like, "Just out of my ignorance, I'm like, Yeah, I have. I have." Done this. <laughs> and she's, like, "I hadn't. I hadn't at all. I hadn't gone on any, <laughs> you know, really anywhere near this." And I think just before that, I think I went to Iceland with my with my buddy, and that was it. So I went from like Iceland and Finland to
0: yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so to walking across Africa, yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I have done this. So now what?" And she's like. And you're alone, you, you, you're not with anybody. I'm like, they have guns. Would it matter yeah, if I I've had
0: got, a group I've, got, I've, got, I've got 30 friends now. Yeah.
1: They will not I mean, let me go anywhere. Yeah. I'm like, if I had five friends with me, I still think the people with guns win. And I'm yeah. basically, I just told her, I was like, hey, so are you going to help me or are you just going to kind of like make fun of me? And she was like, no, yeah. I'm, not. I'm just trying to understand why you're doing this. And I'm like, that's not the point. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, let me talk to somebody who's actually going to help me. And so eventually I just hang up on her and, uh, yeah. I end up calling back again and some, some guy picks up and he was actually cool. We were actually like texting after it. Like, Hey man, I'm on right. the plane. Hey man, I'm back in the States. Like, <laughs> yeah, like he, yeah. he was cool. I think he was just as interested in it as I was or anybody was. Yeah, yeah. And he, uh, basically I'm like, yeah, man, this is the deal. Like this is what's going on. And he's like, all right, well, we can't do anything because if we do, they haven't crossed the line. Like yeah, yeah. I not anything to you yet. So like, if we step in, it could cause an international incident. And like, we don't want that. Yeah. yeah. So, what has to happen for you to step in, Mike? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. All right. Hey, guys.
0: I've been it's almost like you just take yeah. collateral damage, isn't it?
1: Yeah. It's like, all right, guys, I've been stabbed one time. Yeah. Yeah. Is it good enough now. Like, they might keep going. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they might stab me again. You know, and yeah. so as I'm at this checkpoint, it was like kind of aggressive. They asked me like, once I got kind of help, they're like, "Did you want to press charges? Like, but basically like every time I'd walk past them, eventually they just got annoyed at me and they would kind of like, butt me with their guns, like hit me. And right. I don't know, I guess, like I said, my whole past, like, I'm not really too bugged by people hitting me. It, it, yeah. it me off. So I'm like, man, if you didn't have this gun, like I would, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, I just, I have no energy at all. And, um, basically, uh, the embassy, oh, that guy, he's like, all right, can you give the phone to the head guy there? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll try. I go in and I'm like, Hey man, the embassy wants to talk to you. And he's like, no. I'm like, Hey guys. So he doesn't want to talk to you. And they're like, no, just, just give him the phone. I'm like, I'll try. And I like, look at me. They really want to talk to you. And he's like, no. And I'm like, i just won't talk he doesn't want to talk and they're like just just give him i'm like you don't understand he doesn't want the i can't make him talk to you and it was just super funny like it was like a little kid like just talk to your parents i'm like god damn man and so basically i'm like well he won't talk to you i'll call you guys later if anything comes up and uh basically I like, I was, I was a little kid at this point Um, that we were, we were next to the road and there's always cars going by and they're like checking cars as they go by kind of, I think. And so I'm like, I'm going to lay in the middle of the road. I'm going to stop traffic. So all six, four of me, I just go lay in the middle of the road and block the road. And uh, they were yelling at me. They're like, go, go, get out of the way. "Mm, No. And I'm just like, and I still don't have my passport. And I'm like, I could run, but am I going to make it far? And, uh, you know, I was trying to ask to go to the hospital. Now they wouldn't let me. So that was my resort to to lay in the middle of the road. I laid in the middle of the road. And, uh, finally they got so annoyed with me. They had like those orange barricades that you put down the highway, you know, and they put them around me so nobody could see me. And I'm like, you guys are dicks. So I was on the ground, like literally like a little kid. I just scooted. I like shuffled my way, like laying on the floor, like inchwormed my way out of the orange cones back into the middle of the road and they just kept yelling at me they're like hey no 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 and they kept trying like, but nobody would touch me nobody would like physically grab me yeah yeah like they'd hit me with a gun but they would never physically grab me and i don't know why maybe it's like i was intimidating maybe like my size was but they would never yeah. really touch me because they'd come over and try to like come on come on i'm like no get away from me and uh basically that happened and uh, there was a big, like, you could see what government vans look like. They would, they yeah. mostly all blacked out and they would have flags on the front, like the official flags. Right. One coming down the road and I saw him. And so I got up and as he was driving by pretty slow, like not very fast, but yeah. I jumped on the hood it, and I jumped on the hood of it and basically like begging for help. And, uh, this guy gets out and he was, he was like the sheriff or whoever you want to call it, like the head of the police in yeah. the next town. And basically explained what was going on. Like, listen, man, like they've literally held me captive for like three days. Like I, and I've had no food. I'm sick. I'm like pretty much just shit in my pants now. Like, you know, I'm, I, I need out. And basically he like rectifies it all gets my passport immediately. Like this guy immediately gives him my passport. No questions asked. Wow. I get in the van and they drive me down and in in, into the police station. And now I'm at the police station. I think I'm good. I'm. They, yeah. they bring in an interpreter and they're like, Hey, what's going on? What's happened? What's the deal? And I'm like, this is what's happening, man. I'm just trying to walk to Luxor. Like, that's it. Nothing big. And they're like, well, do you want food? They gave me food. Um, they ordered me food and they brought it in there's a bed in the police station and I slept in the bed for a couple hours and you know, they like, they helped me a bit. And now I started like actually going to the bathroom and getting sick. And, um, it was like, it was probably 11 or midnight right now, you know? And they're like, all right, they break down this whole, the translator gets my whole story and everything. They're like, all right, we're going to take you to the attorney general right now. And we're going to have kind of a court meeting. I'm like, it's like one or two in the morning i'm like all right let's go so we get in the car and we drive to like the like the, the i don't know whatever official building there is there the government building there and uh i think it's like called acai i think is that's where it was it was acai yeah. egypt and uh basically we go into we go into the building and attorney general i don't know and there is about like 30 or 40 like african Ameri- or just Africans, like African-Americans, Africans all lined up and like chained together. And I'm guessing they were like probably um, like immigrants trying to like sneak into the country. You know what I mean? Right. From Sudan. Yeah, I'm yeah. guessing that had to have been something. I don't know, but it was, they were all chained together. And I, in this, we're in like this dark building, like this building, there's no lights inside of it really. And it just looks pretty, pretty eerie. And I bypass yeah. everybody to the front of the line. I get to the front of the line and, uh, I walk right into the attorney general's office and he's in a nice suit. Um, the, his little like protege is next to him and he's like a younger guy and he's in a nice suit and I have my translator with me or my interpreter. And, uh, basically I recorded the whole thing. Cause I wanted to know what was going on at this point, like what they were talking yeah. about. And so when I got back to the States, I could get it translated, but, uh, kind of, he sits me now, I was like, Hey man, like you want some tea? And I'm like, yeah, look, I'd like some tea it's two in the morning like hey man and like we're having a good conversation like how this is i'm like so what is a guy like nice suit working at two in the morning man like when do you go to bed and he was just like oh you know it's just what we do and i i I was acting like nothing happened and so basically he breaks or he figures out what happened all right well do you want to press charges and i'm like no i don't i just want to go i just want to be let go and i want to continue on my journey i don't want to deal with whole this 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 mess i just want to go let me go and he's like all right uh so we're gonna we're gonna kind of sit you down and we're gonna have like an official meeting uh with the interpreter and everything going on and just uh yeah we'll see how it goes we'll let you go and i'm like all right cool and is the funniest recording i always tell people about this part like i'm sitting in the middle of the room to the right of me kind of like 20 feet away is like the his protege, the younger guy. And in front of me is the attorney general and my interpreter. And they're asking me questions. And I guess, I don't know why there's an interpreter when the attorney general could speak like decent English, but maybe not like hey. fluent. fluent. And uh, basically the interpreter breaks down the whole story that I had told him at the station to him. And to me, to my face, he tells me I'm good. He's like, all right, we got everything down. And in the middle as they were like doing their discussion, I kind of like raised my hand I think you hear me like, Oh, 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 I like raised my hand. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, can I go to the bathroom? I think I shit myself. And they were like, what? what? And I was like, I need to go to the bathroom. I think I shit myself. And they were just like, yeah. And I like stand up and I'm, just, I'm a grungy guy. Like I haven't showered in now like four days and I haven't cleaned my clothes in over like three or four weeks. I stand up and I'm just like, oh yeah, I definitely did. And I thought it was a fart. That like that, the 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 recording of me going like, oh, oh, oh. I thought it was a fart. And it wasn't a fart. And <laughs> I walk up and I go into the bathroom and this and the security guard follows me. And the bathroom stall has no toilet paper and no no hose. And so I'm like, how do I how do I wipe, man? Like. I, and so I go to the sink and I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to do like the, the old school, like wipe him with your hand. I've got used to that a couple of times while I'm there, but like now I'm doing it in the middle of the bathroom with like this guy watching me. And I'm like, I kind of look at him and I'm like, kind of have my, I have my, like my pants, like half buttoned up and I kind of like turn around to him because he's standing by the door and I'm like, Hey man, can you like turn around, <laughs> hey, turn around. and he's like, just staring at me, I'm like, turn around, man. And. I'm kind of like doing like the the hand gesture of like what I'm going to be doing, yeah. And he just keeps looking, and I'm like, "All right, man, that's your like like on you, man. Like you're the one who has to live with this image of a grown man wiping his ass with his hands." And so I'm at the sink, bare butt, just wiping my butt, and I had my underwear in the sink as well because I was washing them, and my underwear soaking wet now. I'm I'm all buttoned up. I start walking back and I'm not going to throw my underwear away because I think that I'm still going to keep going on my journey. So I need this pair. Like I only have a few. And so we start going back into the courtroom or like that office and there's a staircase next to it. And I'm like, I hang my underwear on the staircase and I was gonna let it dry. It's a like dripping wet. And he's like, no, no, grab it, grab it. And I'm like, no man, I'm going to be out like in five, 10 minutes. Let me leave yeah, it. Yeah. And At this point, like I said, like most people don't speak English, but like, I'm still doing like all this hand is like playing charades, but I'm talking like how I'm saying it now. No, man, I'm going to be on five minutes. Like he totally understands what I'm saying. And, uh, he's like, no, no. And I'm like five minutes, man, let it dry. And he's just like, bring it. And so we, so I end up, I'm like, you know what? Fine, man. I'll bring it. open up the door and just the of shame. i have to walk back in front of these guys my dripping underwear in my hand and i sit back down and i look at the guy the young guy's probably around my age i look at him like man we are living such different lives like you're sitting in here in a three-piece suit and i'm sitting here just i just shit my pants like a four-year-old and i'm like <laughs> and so basically i look at the guy and i'm like all right are we good and he's like yeah. So we start the conversation again. And basically he's like, all right, man. So what's your plan? What do you want to do? And I was like, I just want to be let go. I want to walk to over, And they're like, all right, here's the thing is we don't want to let you go because it's trying to figure out where to put you up for the night. Cause it's still two in the morning. And so they're like, we're trying yeah, to yeah. figure out a place to put you where it's safe. And I'm like, listen, you don't have to put me anywhere. Like take me back to the jail and I'll sleep in the hall yeah, and I'll sleep in well. the I don't care. Like just, I've had yeah, worse yeah. so far. And so they're <laughs> like, They're like, so that's all right. Yeah, man, that's solid. Just take me back. And they're like, okay, okay, fine. Cool. So they take me back and the guy, we are all set. Like, all right, man, I'm good. Like we're, we're fine. And, uh, takes me back and they must've been messing, but I'm, I'm sleeping in this room. It's not really a cell. It's this little room with a couch just about to go to sleep. And I haven't slept right in a couple of days now, I feel, you know, I've been sick and Hey there. And all of a sudden this guy, this is like two 30 or three in the morning. Now this guy comes in with a ladder and starts changing the light bulb. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I, was like, what are I look at him like, are you serious, man? Like, are you kidding me? Why do you need to do this now? Trust me? I don't need a lot. You might be doing this for my benefit, but I don't. So he changes the light bulb. I feel all night. I'm just running to the toilet. I may be getting like five, 10 minutes of sleep. To the toilet. I think I might have mistaken a fart again. Once, not as bad, but it was a mistake. Never trust it. And so, basically, they wake me up. Like not much after that. They wake me up, and they're like, "All right, man, we're ready to go." And I'm like, "All right, cool." Like they're gonna put me in a van, and we're gonna drive to the edge of town. I'm gonna go. Uh, get in this van. It's a blacked out van, all black, black windows. Get in the car and. Uh, I don't, I don't understand how they can give this guy a gun. Like he is the goofiest Turk, like goofiest person in the world. Like does not, should not be given a gun. And, uh, I don't even know how a guy's a policeman, but, uh, I'm friends with him on Facebook. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm friends with a lot of these on Facebook. Um,
0: just in case you go back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Uh, or, or in case they come here, uh, you know, uh, but basically, they uh we start driving and we're driving like really far and i look at my phone and i'm like we're headed north not south and i kind of ask them, like hey where are we going and they're like oh uh cairo and i'm like why are we going to cairo and they're like uh to, we just have to do p- paperwork and i'm like what do you mean paperwork and Uh, this guy, and I'm like, all right, I really have no choice. There's like a van full of four guys with all guns. They're police now. So I have no choice. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm in the far back of the van and this guy, he's like the sweetest guy in the world, like so nice, but just like, didn't register. Didn't read the room, man. Read the room, look at my face and realize that I'm not happy. And I'm like, I'm sleeping in the back of the van, still trying to catch some sleep. I'd like peek my eye open and he'd be like taking a selfie. He's in the seat in front of me. He'd be like taking the selfie with me sleeping. And I'm like, dude, who are you going to show that picture to? Where they're like, oh, that's my friend. No, I'm your, I'm your, <laughs> I'm your prisoner, man. And uh, basically, he like hands me his phone. He's like, oh, face. And I'm like.
0: The room.
1: Yeah. And everybody else in the van is like straight face, like stoic, like they're acting professional. This guy is like yeah, yeah. his friend. And I'm like, you are not like the others, man. Like, if you've ever seen uh super troopers, you ever seen that show? me Yeah. Yeah. Farva. That guy was Farva. Everybody else was serious. And that guy was Farva, where nobody was probably friends with him, but he was my friend. And I was just like, I hate you, man. Like, I hate all these pictures you're taking. I don't understand it. Basically, we get to uh we get to the the basically the center of Cairo again. And I was just in Cairo for weeks. I had made a bunch of friends at the hostel and I was like, you know what? Fine. Whatever. We go into the center. We go into the government building, like the official building. I keep calling that. I don't know what they're called, but we literally walk right past all the lines through security, through the metal detectors. There's, there's hundreds of people that we just pass. Like I am VIP. We walk right past
0: Oh, one second. Oh, it's crash. No. Say that. Oh, there Sorry. Go. There, we're back. We're back. Which part? So you've walked past your, your VIP. You've walked through all the people.
1: Yeah, and literally straight into the president's office. Like, now I'm hanging out with the president of Egypt. And I'm like, all right, man, what's up? And he's like, um, all right, so so where are you going? And I'm like, I'm going to Luxor. I thought I was. And now I'm here. <laughs> and he's like... All right. And he's got like his big, like muscle, like his big goon next to him. And this guy is like, he's, he's seriously, you can just tell he is like, he does not look happy ever. And, um, basically he, he's sitting there just kind of looking at it. Oh, there we go. And, um, yeah, he kind of tells me, he's like, all right. Uh, so you have to leave. And I'm like, leave where? And he's like, anywhere. You just have to leave Egypt. And I'm like, so am I being deported? And he's like, No, but you have to leave. And I'm like, so I'm being deported. And he's like, no, we just kept going back and forth. I'm like, all right, clearly we're not gonna come to an understanding. But (laughs) yeah, and so they understand they just didn't like they still have ticket offices where you can go to like Egypt Air is their like airline where you can go buy a ticket, an airline ticket. Like I make a lot of like 21st century jokes. But I'm like, guys, we're in the 21st century. Like we have phones, like we can book yeah. a ticket on our phone. And, yeah, yeah. Like, no disrespect to them, but I'm like, like, I'm from the future. Like I can book this on my phone. Like now I'm just an asshole. And so <laughs> I book it on my phone right away. Cause I'm like, where's where can I? And they're like anywhere. And I'm like, all right, well, I know Sudan, Sudan, you have to, it's really tricky to get a visa there. And basically right. like, you can't just arrive and get a visa. But yeah. I'm like, you know what? Anything is better than Egypt. I'd rather deal with the government in Sudan than the government in Egypt now. And so oh. I'm like, I booked a one-way flight to Sudan. I was like, I, I, I'm just going to book it there. And then I'll continue my walk. Like nothing yeah. was me. Like, I don't know what was going to take it. That didn't stop me. Nothing was. And so no, basically incredible. I was like, I'm like, all right, man. Like how long, like, how long do I like, when can I book it? And he's like, One days, two days, three days, four days, like, you know, whenever you want. I'm like, oh, shoot, man. Okay, well, I'll book it like in four days. Because I'm like, what my plan is, is I'm going to go back to the hostel and hang out with my friends. I'm going to revive myself. I'm going to eat. I'm going to funny stories about poop my pants. And then I'm going to be on my way. And uh, and then so I book it about four days in advance. And they go, okay, well, we have to go buy your ticket. And I'm like, I already have it. But they didn't believe me. And so we walked out of the building across the street to uh Egypt Air to the ticket office and I'm like trying to explain to the ticket office people like look there's a thing called a phone and I can buy a ticket on my phone I don't need you guys and they're like so why are you here and I was like because those guys don't stand and um I just I was so over it at that point that like farva that like I was so angry leaving that once I wasn't around the president and the GUI, I was kind of like, I was kind of mean, but like, yeah, yeah. I. all right, well, you have to go buy your ticket. And I was like, like Egypt air across the street. And I was like, all right, bye. And I booked it down the stairs. I well, I didn't ran, but I power walked. I was on, yeah, I yeah. walked with a purpose. I, I go downstairs. I book it across the street. There's traffic. I'm stopping traffic. Like, I don't care if it, they're about to hit me. I'm angry. I'm the angriest person in Egypt at this point. And uh, they're all yelling at me. Oh, stop, stop, stop. When they're all waving. They're freaking out that like I'm walking through traffic. And they're all like trying to dodge it, like playing Frogger. And uh, there, you can see um, on Farva's face. I want to think of a better name now, but we've already started it. But basically, you can see it on his face that he is, he's he's clearly affected by my anger. You know, like yeah. he feels bad he clearly feels bad. And I'm like, you're kind of part of the group, but at the same time, I can tell you have a good heart. So it's hard yeah. for me to like be angry at you because you just have a good, yeah. he cares. And, uh, we yeah. go to the ticket office and, you know, with, I'm with three of the guys still two of the, two of the mean ones and one, and you know, Farba. And basically I'm like, listen, I don't need a ticket. And finally we, we like get this, the message across that I don't yeah, need yeah. it. And we go back to the Capitol. Like I immediately just walk out of the building. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done messing with you guys. I'm leaving. And yeah, yeah. once again, they, they wouldn't touch me. They wouldn't grab me. Cause I was technically like running away. They didn't know where I was going. I just left. Yeah, yeah. And so they wouldn't grab me though. And like, he's in, he's in a meeting with somebody else and I just don't even care anymore. I'm like, Hey man, I have my ticket. <laughs> he's just like, all right. Wait, like, Hey, wait outside. And I'm like, we do, man, I'm a ticket, and he's and they're like, yeah, yeah. they and they're like, all right, well, where is it printed And I'm like that doesn't how that's not how it works anymore, guys, <laughs> like you can't just print a ticket like yeah, yeah, you have to like you go you go to the airport and get your boarding pass, and that's how it goes, like, yeah, yeah you know, and they just wouldn't believe him like, all right, well, we're gonna go to the airport now and get your boarding pass, and I'm like, I don't think that works, man, like yeah, yeah. But around, right? and we go to the airport and we like we pull into like this like we wrap we we get to like the arrivals area and then we keep going and we like wrap around and we go under the airport and i'm like whoa like, we we get through this like big old garage door like huge garage door loading dock and we go under the airport i'm like oh, i didn't know this was here and they pulled me into this room and basically I was like, Hey, where are we going? They're like, Oh, like, this is where you're going to stay. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like he said, I could stay. I could, you know, and like, no, you have to stay here. And I'm like, what? And there's a, there's a, there's a jail like in the, in the airport, like underneath the airport. And I'm like, right. It's more than I bargained for. Yeah, Yeah. And so I, so I'm like, there's like a front desk to the, there's a front desk to it. And so they they asked me where I'm going. I'm like, I'm going to Sudan. And they're like, no, you're not. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm going to Sudan. And they're like, no. I'm like, yes, I am. Here's my ticket. It's in four days. I'm going to hang out with you guys for four days. I'm going go to go to go. And they're like, anywhere. And I'm like, how about Spain? Because Spain, I don't need. I can just get one on arrival. And they're like, yeah, yeah. no. I'm like, why? Need a visa. And I'm like, Yeah, no, I don't i'm american i'll get it when i get there leave me alone
0: yeah, yeah. And,
1: and then they're like they're like no and i'm like all right what about san francisco and they're like perfect and i'm like i was like i'm being deported and, um, it, it was, is yeah yeah i was like just say the word and uh no yeah. and uh, basically um what well, uh so now I realize that, like, I'm going to be sleeping in here for four days. And when they said San Francisco is away, like, my flight in six hours. I'm like, hey, guys, my flight's in six hours. I got it. And they're like, yeah. well, no, we'll hold you for a little bit. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I'm not going to miss my flight. So yeah. finally, we get around to it and they bring me up. I dodged, I dodged like the jail for a bit, you know, and they bring me upstairs. And uh I'm sitting there and like sort of past like security now. And yeah. um I don't know what kind of room this is, but I have another he seems pretty cool, like he's part of the airport. I still have Farva with me. Everybody else has kind of left, but Farva's still with me. And I was like, and this guy behind the desk, I'm like, hey man, and I picked up a little bit of Arabic to where I could like ask questions. And so I was asking for food in Arabic. Wow. And this guy goes, um, and I mean it wasn't much. It was just like Tom. Like you say Tom and like food and just food in Arabic. And that's all. Yeah. And like he goes, sorry, no English. And I'm like, it wasn't English. It was Arabic. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, I hate you so much. And so, and so and so I'm sitting on my phone. So I pull up my phone and I start watching. I start watching like uh like I don't know, like some MTV like reality series on my phone.
0: It's good? Brilliant. Yeah. And I'm so, just gonna do you what know, I'm just gonna point back to yeah. you're on your phone.
1: Yeah, so there we go. I was good waiting for it. recorded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so basically, uh I'm sitting there and I'm watching some like reality sitcom on my on my phone. And the guy behind the desk looks at me and he's like, Hey, no phone. Like he says Eng- in English, no phone. And so I respond back in Arabic, la arabica, which means no Arabic. I said, sorry, no Arabic. And he looks at me. He's like, that was English. And I'm like, sorry, la arabica. And he's like, <laughs> and basically, like, he gets super pissed. And then I look at Farva next to me and Farva's on his phone. I mean, he's a cop. But like, I look at him and I'm like, I, it was like being like a little kid. It was like tattling on, yeah, your, yeah. on your friend. I was like, he's got his phone. Why can't I have my phone? And he's like, and the guard looks at him and he's like, yeah, no, no phones. And he looks at both of us and I'm like, sorry, man, I had to do it to you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're we're Facebook friends. It's how it works now. He
1: speaks no English. He has no idea what I've said to him last like 12 hours, but I'm like, sorry, man, I had to throw you under the bus too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Basically we, we both like keep our phones out. Anyways, we just kept sitting there and the guy kept getting angry, but whatever. And then, uh, uh, they, they like didn't understand that my flight was going to be coming up soon they're like oh your flight yeah, we'll, will walk you out at like 11 o'clock And i'm like my flight's at nine and they just didn't understand it. i'm like listen get my interpreter back in here and figure this out yeah. i'm not i'm not staying here any longer and uh yeah. they get him back in and they figure it out they're like okay well in like an hour we'll bring you out there so you can like board your plane i was like, all right cool yeah. and i'm walking with as time goes on, whatever, nothing more happens really. Um, I actually had these American flag, like, uh, like kind of tights that you wear for like, we we wore them for like, uh, like jujitsu tournaments. They're called like spats, but they're like just American flag tights. And so when they were about to take me out through the airport, I, I like, Oh man, I'm going to do it. So I go into the bathroom and I put on my flag tights and I put on a born in the USA on my phone I'm like, right, I'm good to go and they were just so annoyed like man you are just the typical american you know damn straight and so we start walking back through me and this one guy and we start walking back through and i ask him like we start walking up to the gate and we're on like one of those uh like moving walkways and yeah, yeah. Like, so like are you gonna sit here with me till i board and he's like no i'm gonna walk you to your gate you're gonna wait till it's board you're gonna get on and you're not gonna leave. And I'm like, what if I do? And then he was like, don't. And he like, jokes, like don't. And I'm like, but what if I do? And he's like, no. And I'm like, all right, man, whatever. And so we, we get to it. We get to the end of the walking escalator. He walks with me like another couple feet. And he's like, all right, like, there's your gate. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Thanks for the good time. I'll see you and he hops back on the escalator walking the other way and i give him like five seconds and i turn back around and i hop on the escalator with him and i and he turns around he's like no and i'm like sorry man misunderstood and then i turn around i get on the plane and i go and uh yeah man that was it i had a layover in germany and like that was the most relaxing time of my life like i <laughs> Food. <laughs> I'm sitting on the plane. Like none of these people realize what I've been through for those last week. Yeah, yeah. Like this is yeah. insane. And yeah, basically just got to uh, go through that, and then it was ridiculous. That is. That
0: was it. It obviously didn't knock you when it came to the challenges, no. because I mean you've you've got three world records. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. um let's talk about those yeah (laughs) unless you've got any more kidnap stories which i can listen to all day because i I I am man my face is hurting my face is hurting
1: (laughs) sorry i feel like that one went on forever like that was a story that so many people asked me about afterwards i just made a youtube video about it because i'm like i'm i i keep like there's so much to it that i keep forgetting or i'm just i love telling it it is i love it's like one of my favorite stories to tell and People thought I was kidding. They're like, oh, that didn't happen to you. You made it up because like you're smiling and laughing about it so much. I'm like, that's just who I am. Like, I've been, <laughs> oh, we talked about, amazing. Yeah, like when we talked about my past and everything, it's like, I've been through worse. Like, what do you, yeah, yeah. like, I tried that, man. Like, bring it. And, um, <laughs> unbelievable. you know, like, unbelievable. I- yeah, like I, I told them I'm like, yeah, man, I could be pissed off and everything, but like, what's that going to do for me? Like, I'm going to be angry. Yeah. And Farva is still liking all my posts. So he's not angry. Like, you know, why not be happy like that guy? And, oh man, when I told him, I was, he didn't understand what was going on. He speaks Arabic, but he didn't understand it. But like, he asked me what was going on. I'm like, oh, I'm being deported. He like busted out the translator on his phone. And I'm like, hey man, I'm, I'm being deported. I'm being sent back. And he actually started crying. And I'm like, you have like the biggest heart in the world. Like you... You still shouldn't have a gun, but like <laughs> yeah. you have the biggest heart in the world, man. Like
0: you're like you're so nice. Uh, yeah, like, that's it. And I, I mean, I, all I'm waiting for now is the pictures of when you get married and father being your best man. Oh
1: man, I wish. <laughs> I wish I had. A, he tried facetiming me so much, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> we don't speak the same language. Like, what is our what is our goal here? What are we gonna What are we gonna talk about? But uh yeah, I could be uh, or I amazing. could just laugh because like it is the most ridiculous story, especially the you <laughs> still have the audio. Uh because I sent it. Oh, so I sent that to a translator, the audio. And uh, yeah, yeah. basically they, the interpreter and the attorney general had a conversation about they thought I was like a spy. They didn't believe I was there for what I was doing. They, yeah, yeah. We don't believe him. We don't trust him. We need to get him out of the country right now is what their oh, wow. conversation was. And, and in the, of the interpretation, you hear me
0: say I shit myself. So. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, that's yeah. obviously one of the bits I laughed myself off. Oh, like I laughed at the hardest. Yeah. So basically brilliant. with,
1: uh, yeah, that was kind of that. And I still want to go back. I still want to try. I, I called the embassy after, the embassy here and the embassy yeah. in Egypt to be like, hey, am I allowed right. to go back? Like, am yeah. I red flagged? And they kind of just said like, we don't know. Like you could be accepted because you get yeah, your yeah. visa on arrival. But if you get accepted, if you order your visa and apply for it abroad, you can be accepted. Yeah. But when you get there, your passport could be flagged. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm not really like that's a really crappy way to find out I'm not allowed there. Yeah. Like, hey, get back on the plane or like <laughs> go like go see your buddy downstairs again, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. so basically. That's about it. Um, That was all I got for that one now. But I feel like that one
0: one went on forever. Um, You know what it is? It's it's amazing because I I genuinely thought we'll start the podcast. I just, I don't know. I just didn't expect it to last this long, but it doesn't feel like it's lasted. It doesn't feel like it's lasted two minutes. It's been so fun. I I feel like I ramble so much. So I'm sorry. No, I I do the same thing. So don't worry about whatsoever. It's it's brilliant. Come on. Let's let's get on this first world record challenge. Yeah.
1: So after that, the next challenge I did was uh, I wanted to pull a car for like a marathon was what it was. Wow! Um, so kind of like what Ross Edgley did, uh, fellow Brit. Um, yeah, Ross Edgley did it, and I was like, you know what? That'd be kind of cool. Like, it's pretty out there. Like, I've never really heard anybody else doing it, and I didn't want to. Um, a, one of the kids who I met from uh, Egypt when I was in Cairo, his name was Kamal, and he was uh, he was from Palestine. So everything going on there right now. Um, yeah. Somebody else had started like a, a GoFundMe for him to be like, because he he got accepted into a college in Florida in Florida, and he got accepted right. into it, but his wow. visa got denied, so he wasn't allowed in the U.S. So it was like he had a way out, and like I see it as you know I'm talking about how some, my mom helped me like live my dream, like did yeah, everything yeah. she could to protect me and like help me live my dream, and I was able to live this crazy life that I've been able to do just weird things. And I love, and now like Kamal has a chance to change his, his life, you know, yeah. His, his family, he, he had to escape from like, in order to get out of Palestine, it was so incredibly hard for him. Like he was actually like legally in Egypt at the time. Like, you know, he wasn't allowed to be there, but I love yeah, him. Yeah. He was one of those people that it's like, he would say things that we would think would be rude, but like, you could just tell yeah, he had yeah. no malintent behind it. Like no yeah, bad yeah. intentions ever. He just had such a pure heart. And always meant good. And I just saw that. And I still can, I still talk to him today. Uh, the guy death and they were, he got one of the girls that were from K, uh, figured out how to, they got him into like Canada, into a college in Canada and we're like, but in order to do it, in order to do the program, he had to take like a year of French. And so he didn't have the money saved up. For that extra year, the first initial year. So we had money for it. So I'm like, well, this is perfect. I'm going to do something really out there and really crazy enough to get enough attention to this cause and raise the money for Kamal. And so that was my whole purpose behind it. I just want to raise money for Kamal. So he changed his life story and like save his family from like a war zone. I mean, we all, this is like perfect timing of like what's going on there right now. We all, of course. Yeah. And it's like he had a chance to change his stars and like. Changes ours, yeah. you know, like that is so cool to me. I love that. And so that was that was my whole purpose behind it was do something wow. crazy enough that gets enough attention and a call to action and people are like, hey, why is he doing this? Here's the reason. And uh yeah, we ended up raising quite a bit of money for him. Um that leads to a whole nother story of what happened with it. Uh, but yeah, basically didn't happen. Um he tried going through, I guess i tell part of it, uh, whereas Greece, he tried like okay. going through Greece, like passing through greece illegally like kind of walking through right and uh, wow. basically uh i think they took the money like the officials kind of they got oh, caught no and kind of took the money from him and deported him i think i think that's where it was we hadn't wow. talked about that a while back so i might have that misconstrued. but yeah. yeah um basically just still trying to find a way for him to get things going but anyways uh ended up ross edley's record i think it was like 19 and a half hours or so And I didn't, I had no idea what I would get. My objective was never to break a record. It was just to, you know, push myself as hard as I could because, you know, as much as I'm hurting during this, there's people out there who like Kamal and his family, they can't quit. Like they quit, they die. Like you have to keep pushing every single day. And that was what I wanted to translate with this is as much as I'm struggling and I hurt pulling this car for maybe the next day, 24 hours. like. I can't quit because I have a luxury to quit. I can just go inside and of course I can go relax. and like, they can't, there's people out there who can't quit. And so I wanted to just keep pushing and, uh, ended up getting like 17 and a half hours. So ended up beating his record by two and a half hours ish. And so that was technically the world record at that point. And, uh, yeah, that was just kind of a cool caveat to it. Once we added up, I'm like, Oh shoot. Like, that's pretty cool. And so some people have tried it since then and like, it's still yeah, kind yeah. of held up. So that's pretty cool. Um, and before that, as that was leading up, uh, I did like two more little events before it that were kind of like out there, but nothing like nothing world record ish, yeah. but I did like a, a full triathlon, like an Olympic triathlon with a, yeah, yeah. with, I always get called Thor like in Egypt, I got called Thor everywhere cause of my hair. And so, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. somebody was like, Hey man, like, you should do like a triathlon, uh, with like, uh, with a Thor hammer. And I was like, all right, man, like my buddy made one and it was 92 pounds. And oh, wow. so I guess like 45 kilos almost. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he, uh, yeah, I basically strapped that to my back and did a Olympic triathlon with it. And that was for the same thing. That was a month. That was exactly a month before the car. Um, wow. It was kind of a cool, just like precursor to raising attention to it to where it's like this is why i'm so everything was funneled to kamal's uh fundraiser basically trying to help him was anything i could think of that was crazy was that so basically
0: yeah of course
1: um a month before the triathlon me and a buddy rode a bike like 175 miles around mountain it was a tandem bike like a you know two-person bike yeah yeah. because there was a i have another friend who's from palestine that i went to school with in california that there's this thing that happens every year called cycle for gaza and right. it works perfect and so i'm like hey i it's already too late for me to buy a ticket to go to go do it because it's around europe but i'm like yeah, yeah. i'll just do it from home i'll do it virtually at that point point. and so yeah, basically yeah. me and my buddy bought a bike did a big cycle basically just trying to like you know in unison with them trying to you know trying to trying to be with them in it in some way yeah of course and then the next month was a triathlon and then the next month was the car and then actually the yeah, next yeah. month was madagascar so it was like
0: just one after the other after the other yeah 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 and how did how did the madagascar trip come about was that always something that you had in mind to do on the back of the the, the egypt and Africa trip or was it again led by the fact that you wanted to raise money for kumal
1: um so madagascar is actually pretty cool because when I started planning for the Egypt, like those three weeks, um, yeah, yeah. I just kept following everybody online that had anything to do with Africa, so I get any sort of yeah. information. I remember the first thing I asked Chaz was like, "How not to get eaten by lions." Uh, but basically, somebody was like, "Hey, you should ask Chaz Powell. You should get in touch with him and talk to him. Yeah, he yeah. does a lot of walks, and so that's where I got in touch with Chaz. Was from Af- from my walk across Egypt. Okay, start talking to him, and then he put up a story about like, hey uh does anybody you know i'm trying to fill some spots for this you know trek across uh madagascar and i was like dude i am in yeah, yeah. and so yeah basically that's kind of where i landed up meeting him finally like we right, him wow. here on instagram and then finally madagascar came up and that was obviously for a whole nother reason that wasn't for like the kamal yeah, yeah. thing at all but uh yeah that was just a cool Cool um, finisher to that year, you know. Like, yeah,
0: it sounds amazing. That
1: was a, that was a busy like four months. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. After speaking to Chaz, I can imagine what it was like. It was uh, some of his excursions of something incredible. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, just sound amazing. What What was the second world record that you brought them?
1: Uh, so, I would say I think the second one was the car. The first one is always the one yeah. i I never really remember because it was like three years ago. Um, it right. was. The so the three peaks, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. The UK was, three peaks. Yeah, I was living in yeah. Barcelona at the time and right. I had heard about them. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Yeah. That's what I want to do. I want to raise money for Make a Wish for Make a Wish. And so that wasn't the whole goal for that one is like, I just want to, I want to make a wish, make like basically, I always had this really cool idea of how I wanted to do trips for a kid yeah. who weren't able to live their dreams and their, you know, like their, their, their lives, you know. They're having a life-threatening issue and, you know, they're going to die soon. Like they can't go, yeah. they can't leave the hospital bed, but I'm blessed enough with the, you know, the capabilities to do so. I want to take yeah. everybody on a trip that they can go on. So I wanted to like get a little like 3d camera on my head, you know, like a virtual reality. Yeah. yeah. I always thought it'd be a cool thing to do of everybody in the hospital, like in, in the make a wish foundation, like kids who are, you know, kind of sick oh, to have amazing. an iPad to where you're not just looking at what I'm looking at. Like, sure, I could have a video camera and you look what I yeah, want, yeah. but who cares what I want to see? What do you want to see? Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe I'm walking this way and you see a giraffe and you're like, oh shoot, I want to look at the giraffe. But I'd yeah, be yeah. over here like a rhino. Obviously, this is a weird world where they're all together, unless you're at a zoo. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm looking over here at, at this tree, but you want to look over here at this other bush. You know, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. begin to choose what you want to look at. And then it's like kind of a, a thing where you can choose. I think it'd be cool. You could choose like, hey, should I go left towards that cliff or should I go right yeah. towards that village? And then like kids could like ping in and like choose what to do. And I just think wow. like you got to walk them through their journey. I'm just a person yeah. to live it and I'm blessed to live this yeah. as it is. But I want to give you the opportunity that you'll never have. And I thought yeah. with the National Three Peaks or is it National Three Peaks or UK Three
0: Peaks? Is it the same thing? U- the U- yeah, um, yeah, you the Yeah. and yeah UK Three Peaks. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was because I know yeah. there's like the Yorkshire three peaks and there's, yeah,
0: I yeah, I think yeah. there is the Yorkshire peak, the three yeah. peaks and then they've got the I've done the UK one, well, I've done the twenty four hour UK yeah. three peaks. So and basically I I love it.
1: Yeah, I, I want to do it again and take my time and see it during the day. Yeah. But we said I, the same thing. Yeah, I had flown into Birmingham and I had a buddy there, one of the buddies that I met from Bali, and right. went to a game, like finally went to a match. I've never been to a match before. That was super fun. I went to a Leicester match, like a friendly Oh, yeah. And went to a uh, to an Aston Villa match, and that was cool. And the next day, uh, went off to Snowden and yeah, yeah. got to Snowden at night, and it was pouring rain. And I was trying to record a lot of it with my phone, and my phone yeah, yeah. Was waterlogged and broke when I was on the way down. And so I get oh, to the really? bottom, and like I have a flight out of Edinburgh like in two days, and so yeah, I'm yeah. like, I don't even know how to get there because my phone's broke now. And so I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, uh, I, I walk in the rain. I'm in Wales. I walk in the rain to a hostel yeah, yeah. road. And I'm like, Hey, do you guys have any rice? They're like, no, we don't, we don't have any rice. And I'm like, but some old couple hears me and they're like, Oh, we have rice in our room. So she goes and gets me a bag of rice. I throw my phone in the rice and I'm sitting in my, yeah, yeah. and I'm just kind of waiting and thinking like, all right, like this, the whole mission is over. I wanted to do this and now I can't. Um, yeah. and I sit there. I'm like, crap. Well, I've already climbed it once. And I went up a really bad route. I like ended yeah. up rock climbing. I looked up the route after and I went up like the face of it. And
0: um, yeah, there's a few, there's a few routes up there, isn't there? Another when we got, cause we did, we did Snowden last. We started in uh-huh. Scotland and we did Snowden last. So it was, it right. was a gorgeous day, but I remember getting around the corner. And I think we had two and a half hours left to complete it. And the guy was uh-huh. like, well, you're two and a half hours away from the top. Oh, So it was a case where that's not an option. We need to get up and down. And we just, oh, she, I remember we were scrambling over rocks and whatnot to yeah. get up there and get back down, and it was, it was, yeah, it's, it is difficult at point, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I did, I didn't, I don't know why I chose one first or last or why I started down there, but yeah, it was, there was a lot of passes, and I just got confused. Yeah. And ended up going, and I remember seeing that like grandmas could walk this. They're like, oh, this is a walk that even like grandmas could do, and I'm going up this. Yeah. yeah. I don't know who, I don't know who your grandma is, but like, my grandma can't get up this. <laughs> I can barely get up this. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, it was so tough. And so yeah, back down, I realized that like, you know, as I came down, I think, I think it was Penny Pass was the nice one yeah. you're supposed to go. And I came down yeah. across it and I'm like, oh shoot, this is the one I was supposed to take. And so I get back down I throw my, I throw my phone in the rice and I'm sitting there and I'm waiting. And then, uh, I just kind of like, it's like one in the morning and I'm like, you know what? Why my phone, I have nothing to do. My phone has to sit here for hours. Yeah again like i'm gonna i'm gonna (laughs) restart i'm gonna restart the clock i'm gonna run up at this time because i know the route i need to go Yeah, yeah and then i'm gonna run back down hopefully by the time i'm down my phone will be good i have nothing to do but wait so let's do it so i sprinted up it and back down i think i made it in like an hour and a half or an
0: hour like, yeah, I think we I, I didn't did have, about I, an hour and a half yeah, by the time we finished
1: it. Yeah, I didn't have anything on me. I didn't have, I just thought, it's a quick one. Why carry like water or yeah, food? And I'm, I'm going to book it up and book it back down. I get yeah. on my phone's like barely alive. Like it's hazy. And I'm like, all right, cool. I can get it to, uh, to Scott. Yeah, right. Scott Felt. Pike. Yeah, yeah. And so I get up to there and that was a gorgeous day. That was, if if I would have hit that one at night, I would have been in trouble because as yeah. I was coming down, I lost which way to go, but I asked somebody, I saw somebody who I passed on the way up. It was really funny because she yeah. asked me, I'm like, I'm running up. And yeah, yeah. I passed this lady on the way down. She's like, Oh, thank God. We're almost there. Like, like you pass us on the way up. So like, we know we're almost there. And I'm like, you don't understand.
0: Like, <laughs> oh, Like, Do you not find that when you're doing the three peaks or mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where you get to if someone's on the way back down. They always tell you. Yeah. You're, almost you're nearly there. there. No. Just, around the yep. just, the top, just around the corner. It's just top Just the corner. It's the you like, and then you find yourself doing the same thing on the way back. Down. You're nearly there. Keep, pushing, keep yeah. pushing. You're nearly there. I'm lying. <laughs> you. You're not really there at all. You know, you've just started. You've I'm got trying to Keep your spirits up. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure what I told her, but I was just in my head.
1: I'm like, oh no, no, yeah. you're so far. Um, I was like, you are you are walking with a whole family and kids. I am oh, running yeah. like, and yeah. so I get up there. Gorgeous day, like. Absolutely beautiful. um You know, Snowden was at night and it was raining twice, and then felt yeah. was beautiful. And then basically at that time, I I was able to pinpoint my way back down. And there's a note on my car. These are really minute details about, but there's a note on my car that was like, "Hey, Justin, stop by the Rangers like station at the front." And I'm like, "How do you know my name? Like, and why?" And so I pull up, and the guy walks out. He's like, "Hey, man, you're probably wondering how I know your name." And I'm like exactly and he has my yeah, credit yeah. card and the only credit oh. card i had i dropped and i'm like oh really well wow. opt i would have just left like but he's like oh i remember like you were the only american that passed and this sounds pretty american so yeah, yeah. i kind of put two and two together and uh wow. yeah i was really lucky because i would have ran out of gas and i would have been done um yeah yeah so fortunate yeah i booked my way up to um uh ben nevis, ben nevis and yeah. ended up doing that one and i got it in total of like 16 17 hours and that's ridiculous that was like the record for doing it completely solo so there's always records of like people doing it solo but yeah, having yeah. like a support car like somebody driving them yeah yeah and there's no records ever of anybody driving on their own and everything i looked up people are like do not drive it on your own i even had a yeah. friend that friend who i visited in birmingham his girlfriend's parents had never really been to wales or anywhere really like they just kind of stay in yeah. birmingham and even they were like that's way too dangerous like we will drive you we will drive you the whole way we don't want you like my girlfriend's parents were worrying about it they're like no that's yeah. dangerous for you to do and i'm like that's a pretty short drive for like us in america that's a short drive. yeah of like, course
0: yeah seven
1: yeah. hour like i drove 16 hours the other weekend like just in like yeah. a day and a half like it is yeah. what it is to me and then i'm working out at the same time so in my head and i was yeah. young I was like 25 or so. So I was like, oh, I'm good. I'll just book it. And so, yeah, ended up doing that. And that was kind of the first one of like, oh, that's technically a record. So, wow. Yeah. That's phenomenal. That was a fun one. That was a fun one, but I had to get a new phone after. And so I actually, I got to to Edinburgh after it. I went all the way up to Loch Ness because I wanted to see Loch Ness Monster. And, I don't know why that was such as, like, Oh, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to go to Edinburgh. I could hardly walk after I was bleeding. Yeah. I was chafing. I get to Edinburgh. The, I have the best luck it is. A, it, it's a fringe festival, you know? Yeah, yeah. So there is just Ferraris lined up and down the street. And once again, here's dirty me with just, <laughs> just crusted in dirt and sweat and yeah, yeah. like my ankles are bleeding. I'm chafing. Like I can hardly walk. And I have all these beautiful people around me and million dollar cars. And here's dirty me. I'm like, dude, just get me to the airport. I'm getting the fuck yeah, out of yeah. here. I don't belong around you people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bill. So I got, I just left and went back to Barcelona and yeah, that was, that was that one. And I say the That's third one enough. would be Madagascar. which is like the world first. We kind of did. Yeah, yeah. And that was a cool, yes. One. Like that was cool. Seeing like, yeah. uh, I think there was something that Chad sent me. I have it up on my phone now too, actually. Um, was it was ranked like in the top 10 expeditions of 2019 and it was cool wow. people we beat of like people i think we were like number seven people who yeah, yeah. did like everest or people who did yeah. really big things and even people who got ranked like four or five they yeah. some guy did a walk across like tasmania or something and somebody was like wow. oh my like this is an incredible walk and even though it's ranked higher they actually said that even though it's ranked higher it's still not as impressive as the ones before it because like their yeah. was guided like there was a trail and so yeah. it's just cool by being in comparison to other people of like you know people do this like that's their yeah, that's yeah. their life you know and i mean that's chaz's life too that's all he does is like yeah, huge yeah. walks but for me i'm just yeah. i just think i'm some random dude who does stupid stuff and i'm like man that's a pretty <laughs> cool that's a humbling list to be on you know
0: oh it's it's absolutely phenomenal well let's get to what's coming up because you have yeah. got an absolute yeah. mammoth challenge coming up haven't you yeah now i've i've spoke to spoke to a lady who's paddle boarded the first section so i spoke spoke to a lady who was on the podcast oh and well, yeah and she so she boarded from the bahamas to florida oh shoot overnight wow yeah so she did that for cystic fibrosis but oh. you're not paddleboarding it let's just tell yeah. people let's tell this challenge because this is mega
1: i feel like paddleboard i paddleboarded for the first time last weekend in like the bay area and i just yeah, yeah. I couldn't stand up on it like that sounds hot like i don't care yeah. like, especially with all the waves the waves would be tough yeah, yeah. and it was impressive. through the
0: night as well apparently it was through the night
1: yeah i don't know yeah that's impressive that's, that's yeah I was, that's warm i there's i'm just swimming i can't fall
0: like Uh, Yeah, but you're swimming across shark-infested waters,
1: to be honest. Yeah, so basically, I'll be swimming from, like you said, the Bahamas to uh, Florida, and it was really funny when I I didn't know where it was at. Like, I knew, obviously, that area, point A to point B, but I was talking to a uh, a charter company, and the guy was like, so basically, you want to swim across the water that there's – there's more stories in books and movies based on this body of water any body of water yeah. in the world? What are you talking about? He's like the Bermuda Triangle. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's that's there? And he's like, yeah, you just that. And I was like, no, man, but that was even cooler. This is just like, dude, we were well, We weren't like face to face like this, but he was just, yeah, like, yeah, You are absolutely fucking crazy, and I love it, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, dude, you have you might think that might deter me, but like now I'm even more pumped no. up for it. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah uh, basically, that's where it'll head there. Um, it was supposed to be this month, but I'll get into that. Um, it's supposed to be May for mental health awareness month. Um, all these challenges I've done before have been something that's really resonated with me, obviously helping anybody, helping Kamal really like just fulfills my heart and soul. What I do is making anybody's life better. When I was eight years old, I like, I always had this thing of like, people ask what you want to do when you're, when you're older, you know, when you grow up and I'm like, my thing at eight years old was like, I just, if I can change one person's life for the better, I'll be happy, and I was like, "Man, yeah. that's a pretty cool eight-year-old." Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I was, I was happy at that point, but then after yeah. that, I did <laughs> downhill. Um, yeah. So once I remember that, I'm like, "Man, I want to get back to that person, whoever I was at that yeah. age. I want to get back to that person because she had something right. You know, it, it, as a kid, you're so pure; you don't have anything that's really like poisoning your mind. You know, you're you're living a pure, happy life, and." I think we kind of need to get back to like what our inner child wants out of life, you know? Um,
0: Yeah. So it might sound a little bit kind of, uh I don't know, corny cliche, but do you ever look back and go, you're saying you want to be about that eight year old boy again, Uh who just wants to help or change somebody's life. Do you ever look back and go, well, actually I saved my own life. That little boy was in me. Maybe. I guess I never looked at it like that, but yeah. I I Just when you see, I'm thinking about maybe that little boy actually did save a life and he, he changed your own and now you give him back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, man. Damn. That's crazy. I didn't what? think about that. Yeah, huh? There you oh go. no, that's that, that's good. I like that though. Thank you.
0: Um, no, no, I was just there. I'm just thinking when you've said it, and I know we've we've had some good fun and uh, on this, but we've we've hit on some yeah. absolutely like you know vital topics as well. But when you're saying that, there maybe maybe that little boy's always been there, never really left, and that's it's cool. the little boy who helped you get yeah. out.
1: I really like that, man. I really like that
0: that's really oh, cool you can, you can have that you you can have yeah. that one
1: exactly. thanks <laughs> uh so yeah all um th- this one this this awareness this cause like really resonates with me and really hits yeah, yeah. something that i've always kind of wondered i mean all these i've kind of always thought about like man i want to do some everybody does these things that resonates with them and really hits home for them I'm like but nothing hits home for me um yeah. I've never really been affected by a lot of big ones are always, let's say like for cancer, you know, everybody's been affected. But I was like, I've somehow have been through 20 years and I don't know a single person with it. Um, so it's like, I, I mean, that's a blessing, but it's like what I connect to that I can help. And it's so just, it goes to the whole thing about the stigma of it. You never want to talk about that. Even myself, I'm looking for something that I can support and like people. And I'm like, wait, mental health. Like, This is something my whole life, but it's been so buried and there's been such a stigma on not talking about it that I've buried it so far that I don't even remember that it's a thing for me anymore, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. So basically, I'm like, you know what? That's what what this is about. This is about all of it. Like, this is for everything. This is what I want it to all be to be like climax to, you know? And so uh, basically the swim from Bahamas to Florida. And then I'll bike from Miami. I'll get right out of the water, bike from Miami to San Diego. And then that's about 3000 miles. And then just just a short one. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just a quick trip. And then uh, run from San Diego to San Francisco, which is 600 miles. And there's actually a, it's called the Trans Am Try. And so I've joined a lot of communities on Facebook and groups about this. And just to get, you know, tips and information about yeah, everything because yeah. it's definitely into my world like i'm not a biker i'm yeah. not a swimmer i'm not a runner i'm just a guy who if i start something i'm gonna finish it no matter what
0: yeah yeah.
1: and i think now i've built a big enough like resume of doing crazy stuff that people are like yeah yeah oh like you'll actually do it like i guess yeah, yeah. you need to build a resume i was always trying to get people on board and like kind of sponsors on board for it to help me promote it. yeah yeah and people are like, Oh no, we don't believe you or not, not believe you just like, Oh, it's unsafe. But now people are like, yeah, Oh, yeah. you really are this crazy. Like you will do it. And now yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah, man. So if you want to be a part of it, be a part of it. If not, I'm going to do it anyways. I don't need you. Yeah, yeah. And so now I kind of have that resume to do it where people have contacted me to hop on board. And there's a documentary group, um, that kind of contacted me about it. And they just won an Emmy and like an Emmy award for climbing up. Everest. Wow. And I was like. There's no way. Like I still think of myself as just like a kid. Like I'm man, I don't do anything special. Like I'm just, I like working out and doing things and pushing myself. That's it. I'm nothing. Yeah, of course. I'm not climbing. I'm not a guy climbing Everest to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was a world's first for them. Uh, for Everest, the guy, his name's Jeff Glasburn or glassway for forget, but he has a prosthetic leg. He's the first person ever prosthetic leg. And I got him on the phone. I'm a man tell me about these people that are talking to me. Like, are they legit? And he's like,
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah man, they are. And I'm like, Oh shoot, this is it. Like this, wow. this is really yeah, big. Yeah. Like, this is cool. I just think this is a little triathlon. Me like sweating a bunch and just work <laughs> out. And like the fact that people actually think this is like a good story and my back yeah. to it, you know, of my, my, my history and they want to incorporate it and build it into a big story to end that stigma of mental health. And I think this will kind of, you know, build all into it to a whole culmination of everything about who I am and what I'm about and what I want to do. and uh you know on top of it, obviously like I've never done anything to be a world record I just kind of like do it but yeah, yeah. a somebody had said, oh have you heard of this guy Wayne and he's it's actually happening like in 10 days or so, but it's a track okay. across America. It's called Trans Am try so basically the same thing uh, but they're swimming in a lake or a pool. Okay. About a 20 mile swim, a 3,200 mile bike, and a, I think a 300 mile run. And right, okay. their cutoff time is 45 days. And I think what I saw of their records are like 25 days, 21 right. to 25 days. So my swim is 30 miles longer. Our bikes are relatively the same. And yeah. then, I mean, cause I'll probably go more than 3000 cause based off the routes. Yeah. Um, and then Is 200 miles longer. So if I can finish, and and I I, like I'm going through the ocean, which is going to be a lot more difficult than going through the water through 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 like a lake where there's no sharks. So if you look at it like that, like it technically is like the biggest triathlon in the states uh, of point A to point B, and I want to finish it in the same time that they do. My my goal is like 24, 25 days, which would be up there with theirs. and then since this group got a hold of it, they want to push it back to November because they're like, hey, and I mean, I wasn't even really training for this. I was just like, yeah, yeah. hey man, like this is like January, February, and I shot my buddy the idea. I was like, "All right, like I'm going to do it in May for Mental Health Awareness Month." So I had like a couple months time. And these guys yeah, got yeah. in touch with me about like late March, early April, and they're like, "If we do it, we need more time. Like we need to yeah, build man. more." And they made it so they put it so clear that like, "Hey, you've done all this stuff and it's never really like gained the traction that you want to help yeah, yeah, the yeah. cause that you want. And this is why, because you do it on such short notice, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. need to prepare and like train and build awareness, build the cause, like give it a proper yeah, yeah. way. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're so right. Like you, I do. So we pushed it back to November, uh, which actually ends up around uh, suicide suicide prevention day. So we'll be doing it during okay. that, which is nice. Yeah, I yeah. want it to be around something of that. And so, yeah, of course, as an athlete, it really sucked pushing it back because I just want to do it yeah. and now. Now it's cool because I actually get a train, but like, yeah, you know, and obviously people are like, oh, that's stupid to do it without training. But it's kind of the point of just like, this is all about your <laughs> fortitude. Like I, yeah. I want to show that no matter who you are, as long as you believe in yourself, you can do it. It might take me more than 20, yeah. 25 days, but yeah, of course, I will not stop no matter what, because we can't yeah. stop in life. You know, it goes back to the whole Could be your day that trust me two weeks of will probably suck but who knows one of those days might be beautiful
0: so let's keep doing i'm not i'm not envious at all (laughs) i really just i guess thinking about sitting on a bike for that long just yeah i'm so thinking about it swimming so i'm terrified of the swim (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. i'm not surprised you're terrified yeah and so uh, i mean how hard is it to organize something like that do you have to speak to authorities to do that do you
1: um so i know it's like here in the uk so with the Mohammeds you don't. My initial plan was Cuba, but okay, US and Cuba there is a lot of authorities that you have to speak to and yeah, permission. mission. Yeah. Uh, a lot of visas you have to deal with. If it, you know, at first it was just me and a buddy. I just wanted a buddy to follow me, but now it's like there's this whole deal. There's a whole crew, so it's like now there's five, 10 visas to deal with, you know, Right, it's, okay. it's a lot to handle.
0: Um, and it, I suppose from a safety point of view, though, it must feel you make you feel a lot more comfortable knowing that you'll have a support crew filling yeah, you as you definitely. swim across the Gulf stream. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, de-
1: that, it, yeah. The, the Gulf stream current would benefit me better if I was going from Cuba because it would push me into Florida. Yeah, uh, yeah this way going from bahamas like it kind of comes at you from an angle and push you up north yeah. but uh right yeah definitely it is definitely relieving but the bahamas are technically part of u.s territory so i don't have to deal yeah. with any visas or any authorities like you know i'm just swimming next to a boat and nobody's really going to know too much about it and there's really no yeah. issue with it you know you're just swimming um yeah so
0: that's amazing let's we'll see how it goes
1: but uh then the yeah, yeah. somebody had messaged in one of the groups they're like oh hey have you heard of like the dome and it was this race that was in alaska that is now in minnesota or montana and it's a six-day oh, okay. race around a track just around a track for six days yeah, yeah. and wow. uh, just mental like that just sounds no yeah yeah, like, how yeah, yeah. Days yeah. six days around the same circle? Six, yeah. yeah yeah so basically they uh the record, the U.S. record is like 609 miles in six days or like right. turn change. And the the world record for the Dome is, I think, like six thirty, six forty. 640. So right. my run is about 600. And yeah. now I'm thinking like, well, if I can hit, if, if I have like a couple hours left and I hit like 600 and I still have time yeah. to hit the U.S. record, like I'm going to do it at that point.
0: Yeah, 10 miles
1: once you've already done six. You know, six hundred. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like a cooler one to think about. Like, oh man, I didn't even know that was a thing. I, d- I didn't know a six-day race was the thing. But yeah, my yeah. average already was like, I want to get a hundred a day. So wow. that kind of it's kind of cool to see that. Like, all right, like not not only is that in reach, but it's like I know somebody has done it now, so it's not yeah, yeah. this crazy. You know, I can't even like unfathomable conception it's like all right people yeah, have yeah. done this so it is a thing i'm not you know being crazy thinking this is impossible yeah, you know like this yeah, is yeah. definitely possible and if, if somebody's done it why not me you know yeah so
0: it's yeah it's an unbelievable unbelievable mindset
1: yeah so i'm <laughs> headed back to the uk uh for the rest of the, like in like uh june 1st june 2nd i'll be headed back there okay and just do all my training all right while i'm out there so
0: yeah wow oh that'll be phenom- phenomenal yeah i mean So moving forward, you've got the challenge coming up in November, Mm -hmm. and you know I'm I'm pretty positive you don't think of anything else until that challenge is done. It's got to be all the focus has to be on that at the moment.
1: No man, I I was I was so upset with pushing it back because I'm like in my head, I want to do something now. I need to I need to do something to silence the like I still have those voices in my head that still try to drag me down. I can't be, and I always want to be doing the next thing, and so. I was just kind of thinking like, what can I do? I mean, this past weekend, uh, like you've heard of David Goggins, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah I, so my friends just did the David Goggins challenge last weekend.
1: Yeah, me too. There we go. So
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah.
1: So yeah, basically that's what we did. Somebody messaged me and they're like, Hey man, I never met this guy before. He hit me up on Instagram. And he's like, Hey, uh, I see you're coming back into town. Like I saw your news article because the, yeah, the, yeah, the news yeah. article is here in town. He's like, I saw it. I see you're coming back in town. Like, do you want to do the four by four by 48 with me? And I was like, why not man so yeah, yeah. I just hung out with this kid I never met for 48 hours and it was like it was cool man like just meeting people who are on the same that align
0: with you yeah people. yeah how hard is it then because I, I, my friend said you know we, we all did ultra marathon a, a few years ago oh. we did the 69 69 miles in 24 hours uh-huh. so in my head and I, I you know I, I haven't done it so I, I can't comment on the, the 4 by 4 and 48 um. but in my head it it's over 48 hours it's 48 mile. Yeah. In my head, I'm thinking I've done 69 and 24. Yeah. I, I, I imagine it's more the sleep deprivation, the fact that like, you've got to get up every four hours right. and do your four mile, But and can you survive on maybe having two and a half hours sleep in between mm-hmm. sessions? Is, is it really that part that takes its toll?
1: A lot of people said, I don't think the sleep deprivation got me as much. Looking back on it now, it was really annoying. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. I think there's so many ways you can plan it better, like start it at midnight or start it at four in okay. the morning. So let's say you start at like saturday at four in the morning you just get asleep all friday night and wake up early like yeah yeah. wake up early yeah you see up eight hours of sleep and that way the only time you miss any sleep is saturday night you know yeah yeah. we started it at friday at noon so we went through friday night and saturday night and finished sunday sunday afternoon so that was kind of like kind of a bad plan um but for the most because you know you wake up at you know 6 a.m 5 a.m on Friday, and you're just extra hours awake doing nothing. I would say the yeah. down you really are limited to like three things. You can either eat, stretch, or sleep during your breaks, yeah. and two, one or two of those are gonna have to be sacrificed. And yeah, yeah. I, I wish I would have stretched more. I would have put aside my sleep to stretch because that was a big. Yeah. thing You would tighten up so much that <laughs> I would eventually I got down to like eleven minute miles to where once I stretched. That, that next mile, I would be doing eight-minute miles again. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, that's the difference stretching makes. And all that that quicker time means more sleep. and Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, or more stretching or more eating. Um, it was a lot of that. And yeah. I would say the stretching was definitely a thing of, like, I needed to stretch more. The sleep deprivation wasn't too bad. I started doing yeah. stuff on the first night, like started seeing, like, kind of, like, hallucinating. But right. I don't know why, because I wasn't really sleep-deprived. I just... Yeah, I think it yeah. just messed with me. It really just, yeah, yeah. I should have been asleep, but you're right. I did, uh, I did 61 miles in like 10 hours, uh, in March, start of March, like March 5th.
0: And you must be some runner doing 61 miles in 10 hours. That is nope. absolutely. So I'm not a runner whatsoever, nope. but that is ridiculous. No.
1: So, uh, basically on Sunday I did 17 miles and on Monday I was talking to a buddy who was here who did the four by four with me. But he right. he was like, hey man, when you get to town, we should run the river trail for twelve hours and see how many miles we get. And I'm like, all right, yeah, man, I'm I'm down. And so I put up a poll on Instagram that said, do you think I don't know why I said sixty, but I said, do you think I can get over sixty or sixty flat or under sixty or sixty flat? And everybody said under sixty. No one. Believed yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna prove every single one of you wrong tomorrow. <laughs> so that was that was sorry. I put that up Monday night. The, like the poll expired, like Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, Everybody had said no. So I ran 17 miles on Sunday and that was the most I'd ever done in my life. 17. I, yeah, yeah. I took Monday off. I ran four on Tuesday. I saw the poll and was like, you know what? I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and I'm gonna do 61 to prove everybody wrong. And so I got up and I just pushed it and I ran 61 in like 10 and a half hours ish. So, I was
0: just going to say, it's six, six miles an hour, isn't it? It's it's so good to maintain it for 10 hours.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I held it pretty well. Um, But then, I don't know, Um, basically that was it. And so I'm like, all right, 48, like you said, can't be that tough. But I would have much rather done 48 miles straight than 48, yeah. 48 hours. like
0: I, that's, that's what I was much. thinking. Is It's just the stop-start, that yeah. must be the hard part.
1: Yeah, like there so many times you were just like, man, can I just do like 12 right now and call it over? Yeah, like, I'm yeah. Tir- I'm tired of waiting um yeah, tightening yeah. up always like my calves I'm getting a massage in like an hour um but like my calves are just rocks because they're so yeah. tight um yeah they it that that's the worst part is tightening up and like cool yeah, yeah. but yeah it was it was fun oh, no. uh, I don't know. Actually, it sounds
0: it sounds lovely yeah
1: to, to to make it even better uh i was telling the uh the documentary crew because they wanted to get some content and some footage of and they're like hey yeah, yeah. Uh, is that all right if tomorrow we come by? So, Saturday, when I'm already, you know, 24 miles deep, hey, yeah, can yeah. we get uh, footage of, like you working out? We'll bring some battle ropes, we'll bring some sandbags, and we'll get you in the water swimming. And I'm like,
0: uh,
1: on, Friday, <laughs> on Friday afternoon, we were cocking. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, man, that's fine. It's whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, might as well make it a little extra. <laughs> Saturday at like, Six in the morning or seven in the morning. I woke up for the next run at eight. I, yeah, looked, yeah. Over at, I looked over at my buddy and I was like, "Dude, we were so stupid back then to think like, <laughs> 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 you know, we were so stupid." Twelve hours ago, this was easy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, they showed up at like four on Saturday afternoon to do it, and I was so I was like, "Man, any other day, why yeah. did we pick this day?" I had to jump in yeah, the water and swim, do battle ropes, ran, sprint, oh. and I was like. This just
0: is miserable, yeah. so much. Um, It'll make for a good documentary, though. Yeah, you'll be yeah. able to tell. You'll be able to put that on there and say, well, "I'm actually doing the David Goggins four by four by forty at the moment." Yeah,
1: but definitely, it was definitely good to uh, see the sleep deprivation side of it and yeah. stopping and going in preparation for this. You know, um, yeah, it definitely it definitely was insightful. I think doing the sixty miler was insightful for this of learning how the nutrition works and. Yeah, so it's pretty good. Um, I have a couple other like running challenges um, coming up like this weekend already. There we have uh, like the six tallest peaks in Oregon. Um, right. You have to do them in under 24 hours. So, okay. I, so, I'm kind of getting a group together to do that Saturday to run. It's like the wow. six pack a peak challenge. And so, right. Yeah, it's kind of the challenge to do it in under 24. So,
0: that's oh, the. Wow. Oh, can't, wait. Can't, can't wait to see how that one goes yeah me
1: neither I'm, my calves are gonna hate me man yeah they
0: are you yeah. better get double massage. you better get double massage today yeah. so what would what would be your one piece of advice i mean we've probably probably spoke about it quite a lot yeah. but what would be your one piece of advice to someone who you know is maybe going through a hard time or maybe he's looks looks at what you're doing now like, i mean you talked about earlier on about the young lad who you were training with at the time right. and he wanted to be like what would your one piece of advice be to someone who looks at what you do now and thinks that's something i'd like to do i'd like to do all the adventure and i'd like to do all the challenges
1: are they coming from the same place of like mental health of like one not necessarily no
0: no it's just nobody just from anywhere because not everybody comes from the mental health point of view not everybody comes from having a just go for it you know like
1: just have faith in yourself a lot of people there's a lot of people are like oh man i don't want to come out even this weekend i don't want to come out and run like Oh man, like trust me, I can't run with you. Like all like I run like 11, 12 minute mile. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Because yeah. like that's what we all do. Like we're all starting yeah. somewhere. I started there. Like we all start somewhere. Um, I like I don't like to call myself a runner because yeah. I want people to see what I do and be like, oh, well, you do it because you're a runner. Yeah. And that immediately discredits you. Like, oh, well, that's that's the reason you can do it is because you're in that category. It's like, no, man, yeah. just an average dude who couldn't make it to the high school basketball team. And like, I just believe myself. Like I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you want to call it cocky, but confident. Like I'm the most confident person in myself that I might come dead last. I don't care. Yeah. I, I could be in a race with Usain Bolt and anybody else. And like, I think I'm going to win because I won't stop. I know my yeah. mind will keep going and going. Cause I believe in myself. I think that's just the thing is like, we don't believe in ourselves. We don't understand that. Like we are powerful beyond measures. Like we have so much left in our gas tank than what our mind thinks we have. Like we think we're done and we're not. Um, This kid who was doing the four by four with me, he was struggling so hard. He was taking about an hour 20 to to run and I was about 40 minutes. So I stopped on the last one. I turned around and I went back to go find him on the trail. And I ran the last little bit with him. And I kind of like got into his head about it. And I'm like trying to like, like, you know, like talk him up, like pump him up. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, yeah, no, you're right. And just sprints, literally sprints the last mile to the point I can't wow. even keep up with him. And I'm like, that's what I love. I love the fact <laughs> yeah, that yeah. I could like help instill someone like in their mind. Like, hey man, believe in yourself. Know that right now you have so much left in the gas tank. You're only at 50%, yeah. man. Like you're still talking to me. You're still breathing. Go. Yeah like lay yeah, it's all out test, there man like believe in yourself yeah. and i think that's the big thing is people are like oh man i wish i could do that a lot of people will say oh man i wish i could do that you can like yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter the quality just of what do it you do. just do it and yeah 100 it, and it just it, it it's a domino effect you'll just keep doing yeah. that for everything you do i did a, a a 24-hour crossfit workout and some of the moms in it were you know 40 years old teachers they they do CrossFit all the time, but they do one class a yeah. day. And they're like, Yeah, yeah, you know, oh, I'm so dead, I could never do another one. Yeah. They did six in a row with me. Wow. I was doing amazing. I was doing 24. They're like, well, I can at least do six with you. And I'm like, just stop and think about that. Think about how yesterday you thought there's no way you could do more than one. Yeah. I yeah. just did six because you believe in yourself. Okay. Yeah. That's the thing. And now look at it. Next time you go to class and you do one CrossFit class, you're like, "Oh, this is a breeze." Like you have so much more faith in yourself to know that you didn't. You thought your gas tank was empty after that one. Like yeah. you know that you can push it so much harder. And like that's just the thing is just believing in yourself. So if anybody yeah. like, oh man, I wish I could. Like
0: you can. You can just try. Just do yeah, it. I love that. I love. I love it. Justin, thank it's you. been absolutely amazing talking to you. Yeah, I can't thank you. you enough for coming and sharing your journey and hobby of a lifestyle today. It's been phenomenal. Thank you. Well thanks for letting me ramble. <laughs> I rambled forever. Uh, no, it's, it's been phenomenal. I will get it out there now whilst, whilst we're recording. Yeah. Once you complete your challenge, will you come back on and tell us all about it?
1: A hundred percent. As long as I don't get eaten by uh. a shot. <laughs>
0: yeah please don't yeah. do that no. that would be a very different podcast
1: I, I already have a preparation with a buddy who he said if i get eaten by a shark he'll go and tell my story so i'll have to put you in connection okay, well, with him and then let's he will do come that on. so if you see a little guy a little panamanian who's five two i got i got eaten all um, right all right
0: andy i love it that's amazing cotton, thank man. you so much thank you for listening to another episode of hobby of a lifestyle stay safe stay well and we'll see you next time